I'm at the Red House with my old friend Travis Griggs. <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> Thank you for coming over. Thanks for having me. Haven't seen you in a long time. It's been a while, man. It's yeah. been a while. We used to see each other at least weekly at Juice and Java we many, sure did. many years ago. Yes, yeah. we attended the same, we religiously attended the same open mic where we kind of, I mean, I, that was kind of where I cut my teeth. I think you'd already been playing for a while. I had been point. playing, uh, yeah, like, but not a ton. That was kind of as I was getting into more of it, but that was my introduction to the scene here mm. at all. So that was when I very first moved to Winston-Salem. And so um, a friend brought me out there and... Uh, yeah, that was a cool scene, man. That yeah. and then over to the shuffle was just, it was inspiring. It's like, I don't know. There were a lot of people like getting started, taking it seriously. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I had a, I was actually thinking about this the other day. I remember at that time I had written a lot of songs. I think I had like 50 songs or something. And I felt like I had four or five albums worth of material. And now I look back and, uh, <laughs> Uh, now I look back and I'm kind of glad I didn't release a lot of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I thought I had all this great material and there are songs from back then I still have, but, uh, it's just interesting given some time, you know, what you, uh, the new perspective on your art and that kind of thing. Shit you changes. Know, it does really sure. does, man. It really does. Like any particular reason that you like, um, or I guess I, I think, I think a lot of the subject matter with, so over the years, the subject matter of my music actually became more, um, inspirational is a weird word, but like I wanted to have a positive impact on people's lives. Mm. So I wanted to talk more as time went on about how I've changed and how that's affected me. And hopefully that could inspire other people to, to make changes in their life or just think about their life. You know, um, I think, uh, I've always really valued like introspection and just being self-aware, you know? Mm. And, um, but a lot of those early songs were like, breakup songs or, you know, songs to a girl, which I don't mind, but a lot of it was just, uh, I kind of outgrew my writing in a lot of ways, you mm. know? Um, not that I don't think those are valuable. It's just that I don't connect to it the same way that I did. You know, I appreciate a good love song or a good breakup song and whatever comes out, comes out. But I don't know. In the beginning I was writing about things that I feel now are just more mundane, I guess, you know? And, uh, I just appreciate things with more substance or thought behind them, you know? That's a real thing. I feel like that's a, that's a change that I didn't know occurred, I guess, in, uh, in life or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'd, I'd heard the, 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 the suggestion or something that like relationship stuff, like drama with girls, with relationships, like those things change over time. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like even in, in my own songs sometimes here lately, I'm kind of, I feel led to write about a grander kind of perspective on life. Absolutely. Which might be what you're kind of talking about, your experience and yeah. sort of Exactly, and I think, I think that over time, like, um, especially as we have more and more relationships and things that come and go, as much as those bring, you know, richness to life, I feel like the fact that those things come and go it really shows us how there are, there are like more solid things to be thinking about yeah. or more enduring things to be thinking about. Things you know that what aren't I mean? so temporary. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and, and there's no reason not to celebrate those things. You know what I mean? Like I do think, you know, art happens when it happens sometimes. And if something's inspiring, it's inspiring. But I do think that, um, at the end of the day, I continue over time to feel more connected to things that are, that are a little deeper than just 
celebrating something that's happening in the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, uh, and so anyway, over time, that just kind of happened naturally with my writing. I just was writing. I've always, it's always been interesting to me that you write mostly fiction. Mm. And I write autobiographically pretty much, period. You know, um, I've written a few things that almost sound like they're fiction, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, I had four songs I wrote, uh, the first one senior year of high school, and then over the next couple years after that, um, about a character named Mary, but Mary's me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's still autobiographical, even though it sounds like uh, it's not, you know. Marvel, come here. Um, but I've always, you know, I've always enjoyed that. Uh, it's it's interesting to me, like that you're able to take things and make a fictional story out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't feel, I don't hear or think of things that way. You know what I mean? It's all much more literal, I guess, you know? Yeah. And, I don't know why that is or where that came from. It's sort of this like... Um, playing it out it's almost like living vicariously through my own imagination or something it's yeah. like kind of like oh i can i can just twist this into a story and in my own way it feels like it's born of reality like um i don't know you know you know some of my songs and you can imagine like there's little moments that might be true to something i've experienced in life or something absolutely but then it just kind of that's the only part that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you can kind of flesh out the rest of it. Yeah, know? yeah, and I think that's really, I think that's really cool. You know, what I mean, like I, but yeah, like people who are able to write novels and things that you know that have depth and real lessons to them and stuff. I just think that's a really amazing thing to be able to do to like uh, have something to say and build a whole story mm-hmm. around that. I just I, that's something that I don't feel is my talent. You know, you um, say you don't see things that way. Um. I feel like I can see things that way, but it, artistically, things don't come to me that way. Mm. You know, it's like, um, it's more, so I started off writing poetry in middle school, and that was just like, I, I was writing poetry all the time, just like filling up notebooks. And so we went on vacation one time with my family, and I went down to walk on the beach, like just on my own in the, at night, and I met these two girls down on a dock, like playing guitar and singing original songs. And I was like, wait, people can just write songs. Hmm. Like I didn't, I had never really thought about it. You know what I mean? And, uh, we got back from that vacation. I begged for a guitar for a while and I got my first guitar. And, uh, and so then it was just a vehicle to present my poetry. Cause in my mind it was like, well, people don't buy poetry books. People buy CDs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like that was my end to music, which was, um, but the poetry side of it, it just kind of would, things would come to me. It was all all about what's going on inside of me. You know what I mean? And so the beginning of me writing was just kind of free form. It wasn't intended for anybody else to read. You know what I mean? It didn't need to be a story. It was for me. Mm. And so that was just kind of the rhythm I got into as far as hearing my inspiration. You know, it's the form it comes out in. But yeah. um, which I've which I like. You know what I mean? I like direct. I I mean I like any kind of. Um, anything that comes from the heart, you know what I mean? Like it's a, you can kind of tell when something's genuine from somebody, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and so that's just what genuinely comes out of me. But, um, but that kind of led to, it was an interesting intro into music actually, because I got a guitar in order to play it alone in my room and write songs. And so then years later I started hiring musicians to play with me. Mm -hmm. And so now, um, I guess this leads to something we were talking about before that over time, 
I started doing music as my main job, you know, and when I was young, that's what I thought the goal was, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, if I could make my money doing my art, then I can make more art. And that's what I do, you know? Um, and that's, that's true. But over time I realized, um, and really it was kind of all of a sudden right before COVID, I took a job at a friend's bar in Kernersville because he needed some help there and I could use some extra money at the time. And then I ended up, it was pretty lucrative. So that became my main source of income. And I was, I ended up playing less, you know, but I realized when I was playing less, I enjoyed it a lot more. Mm. And, uh, it was just kind of something that hit me, me and, uh, Andrew Lazar had a jam like, uh, up at the Emporium where I was working regularly and I was still playing some of my gigs, but just not having to book to pay my bills, you know? Right. And, uh, and in, in settling into that, I really realized like, oh, the job is, I will play at this time whether I feel like it or not. You know what I mean? And if you spend enough time playing when you don't really feel like it to a room full of people that aren't listening, it just changes. It's not what it was that made you want to do it in the first place anymore, at least for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it was um, realizing that was really interesting, you know? Um, but I was still playing with the band. You know, I still had my band going. We were improving a whole lot. You know, I was really getting things dialed in with the group. Um, and then right before COVID, and it was actually this weekend in 2020, um, with my birthday weekend, I did a show at high rock outfitters in Lexington and, uh, we recorded it and filmed it. And I finally got like some stuff I was pretty proud of to put out, you know, and then the whole world shut down, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, it was weird leading up to that. I could kind of feel, so I'm not super into astrology or anything, but I've always had friends that are, you know? And there's a thing in astrology that's, uh, I think it's Saturn's return. And it's basically around 30 people tend to have a big shift yep. in their life, you know? And, uh, and I had talked about that with somebody and I was like, huh, that's interesting. You know? And I was, uh, I guess 32 at the time and, uh, and I could feel music fading away and I hated it. I mean, I was freaking out in my head, like, this is this is what I do. This is who I am. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want this to be the shift that's happening in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then the world shut down, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and it, that was a real catalyst into that, you know? Uh, and then I moved, uh, a buddy of mine has a business in Boone. And so during 2020, um, you know, we're on lockdown. I decided to go drive across the country. So I spent July of 2020, just driving across the whole country for a month, uh, went out West, saw the Grand Canyon, drove up from California into, um, Oregon, went and saw Yellowstone, uh, went to Montana. I mean, just, it was cool. A bunch of stuff I had never seen before. Just spent the whole month driving, sleeping in my car. Just, Mm. um, it was cool. And, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, so then when I came back, I knew he was probably going to need help. My buddy in Boone. And then, uh, that was right when like the first round of unemployment was about to run out and things weren't open again yet, you know, and I was like, all right, he needs help. I need a job. You know, I went up there, he gave me, you know, good salary. We agreed on and that kind of thing. Um, and there's a lot of things that have been, that have been good, but I got up there and, uh, had some issues where I couldn't play guitar. So I had nerve pain issues, mm. um, that had come from years of bad posture playing guitar and then getting in shape 
and not knowing exactly what I was doing. And I exacerbated some of that with exercise. Uh. Um, and then the job I went up there for was throwing heavy loading trucks with heavy stuff like junk removals and garbage and just, you know, just moving heavy stuff all the time. But I ended up where I couldn't play for more than five minutes without my hands going to sleep. Mm. And, uh, I really had to like face down how much of my, even, you know, as I felt that change coming and just like trying to grasp on to this is my identity, you know, I had to really, first of all, accept maybe I'll never be able to play again. You know what I mean? Who knows if this is ever going to, and I have a tendency to be that way. I tend to think the way things are now is how they're going to be forever. You know right. what I mean? It's like when you're sick and it's hard to imagine being healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, this is just the way I feel. This is the way things are, you know? And so, uh, I had to really face down like how much of my personality I was being a performing musician, you know, and how much of my identity that really was. And, uh, it was a tough pill to swallow. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, uh, we all look for ways that we get praise from people, you know what I mean? And we get, uh, we get attached to the ways that the things that people give us respect for and that kind of thing. And so, um, it was hard to just kind of face down, like, who am I without that, you know? And, uh, I'm glad I went through that and I feel it, it was interesting because the answer to that is just who I've always been. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? It's, I, it's, I'm not a different person. That's a thing I do, but in my mind, that's who I was, you know what I mean? And so, um, I know exactly what you mean, yeah, by the way. And it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's an important process to go through. I'm really glad. I, I mean, it was really horrible, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I, in, you know, coming out the other side of it, it, I feel so much better knowing I was doing that, you know, and, um, and now it's, it's hard not to do other things. So I've gotten fit in the past few years. That's become a big part of my life. I'm working as a personal trainer now, and I'm trying not to let that be a part you know, people who haven't seen me in years are always like, man, you look so good. And I'm like, I really appreciate that, but I'm trying not to be identified with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Although it's something I plan to continue for the rest of my life. Um, it's just made me, the music side of it made me very aware of, of not, um, and you talk about, you know, people's identity and ideologies a lot, you know, and even separate from an ideology, you can create your own ideology of who you are, yeah. you know, and, and really settle into that and not, um, it can really limit you, I think, you know, in, in what's possible in your life. You so. gave me chills. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the shit that, uh, that I have been hyper-focused on for a while. And yeah. I went through a very similar sort of, I don't know if, I don't know what you call it, but a shedding of that mm-hmm. identity as well, man. And you're right. It is horrible. It is scary. Yeah. And it's something that not every musician goes through. And it's, it's interesting to notice that. Absolutely. It's interesting to notice that, you know, these creative identities that people create, they, uh, they can be poisonous. They can, we, we celebrate people for these things. We celebrate people for their skill set and their fucking, the way that they try to stand out among a crowd, but they can be extremely limiting to one's identity, especially in the way that we were, you know, um, we've talked about a little bit, like when, when that ideology of your sense of self like blocks out something like fitness, blocks mm-hmm. out something like wellness. Exactly. Says like, oh, I, I don't have room to be an athlete because I'm a musician and that's Ex- all I am. Exactly. That's not a good way that's to not like, a good way to be see at all. yourself. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you can you and you can justify those things. 
you know what I mean? When, when you've made something your whole identity, uh, not only can it block it out, but you can, it can make you choose to block those things out. You yeah. know what I mean? It can make you really justify like, oh no, I don't have time to go to the gym cause I need to work, you know, practice or I, you know, um, I don't, I, I can't not drink because I need to network and be social. Right. You know what I mean? I, it's a, it's interesting just all the ways that that can affect you if you're not consciously creating your identity. You yeah. know what I mean? And I mean, there's no, I don't think there's any way of fully avoiding having an ideology of some kind. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like you have a way that you want to exist in the world. You know what I mean? You, you, I do think it's important to, um, uh, I made a video about this on that on my Viral Bloom channel when I was doing that, um, but about ma- choosing what your values are, you know? And so in a way that's creating your own ideology, but if it's not rigid, that can change over time. Mm-hmm. But I do think it is it is important to take a step back and say, these are the things that I value and make, so, honesty is like one of my biggest ones. Like I, I chose years ago, that I was going to be as honest as possible. But when things come up that I have a choice to be dishonest, I've already made that decision. Right. You know what I mean? I don't have to worry about that. I know who I am and who I want to be in the world. And those decisions are already made, you know, now I'm open to changing those things. And I think that's where most people would call an ideology, something that's kind of held, you know, more firm as opposed to something that's still malleable. Yeah. You know, um, but I think it's important to realize that we are forming ideologies all the time. We're forming our identity all the time. Um, I have a, a saying or a thing I've been saying for years that I, uh, just like an image I came up with or whatever, but if you imagine that you're on an island stuck with one other person, right? You're, it's just you and this other person. Who, like, who would you want that person to be? You know, like not not a real person you know, but like what kind of a person would you want that to be? What would the attributes of that person that you're going to rely on stuck on an island with be? And then realize that you are stuck with yourself on an island up here in your head forever. Mm. And you get to choose the kind of person you want to be. And you're stuck with that person. And so choose to be the person you want to be stuck with. Man, I like that. You know, and yeah, that's like, I guess my life philosophy or whatever, you know? Um, but I think it's important to realize that we're choosing that whether we're doing it consciously or not, you're, you're with you forever. You know what I mean? And I think that a lot of people aren't happy being with themselves, you know? And that's, there are times that I feel like it's, it's almost cheating for me because I am, it's just because I've cared about this for a long time. You know what I mean? And it's not hard for me to want to be with myself because I've, intentionally made myself into someone that I want to be around, you know? Um, that's so good, man. Yeah. I mean, I it's love a, that. Thanks. It's, it's an important thing that I just think that most people don't even think through that you're constantly choosing who you want to be, you know, your ideology, your, your preferences, your, just the way you are in the world is a choice, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and not making a choice is a choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just going with the flow is, is going to end you up something you don't have control of you know and that's usually the the uh, the negative side of it because a lot of times when people don't want to impose their will on anything on themselves whatever mm-hmm. the the product of that is going to be something more chaotic than rather you know it's like it's like matter and and energy and shit like that doesn't 
organize itself in a harmonious way without some sort of intention. some sort of intention yeah, behind absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I mean, that was me a lot. Uh, feeling like I was my identity identity was kind of existing in a whole, just absent of everything, mm-hmm. and it was just sort of like. Yeah, just like a storm cloud whirling in my in my sort of sense of existence yeah. all the time until <clears throat> sort of started trying to impose, you know, more of those more of those intentions. Though I still I mean I could do it more explicitly. We all could. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. a it's a probably a lifelong practice. Exactly. But I'm I'm so fascinated by this whole thing that you just laid out, man. Like I I, I before we move on, wanna ask about yeah. just the process of shedding that I want to hear more about the process of shedding that identity because that is um, that's such a fascinating project yeah. to start to take on. So uh, the um, so we we had talked earlier about Viral Bloom, which is a, a YouTube channel that I started and is also going to be the it's the name of my fitness company that I'm just starting right now. I'm training people at a gym. I'm kind of still in the learning phase. I'm still educating myself, getting real world experience, yeah. you know, uh, but I do have a plan to launch kind of a fitness company that would also be called viral bloom. But the, the tagline or the mission statement of that is cultivating cultivating infectious self mastery. Self mastery. And, and okay. I heard you mention self mastery on another podcast recently and that it was a concept that you are really interested in. Yeah. And I think that with that as a goal, um, the first step is self-awareness, you know? And so, um, so first of all, that, that example of the, the island is the point of that is to point out that you have a, that not only are you stuck with you, so you should care about who you are, but that you have a choice in who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think that the first point, the first point of contact with that is self-awareness. So like be being willing to, take a look at oneself and accept the things that you don't like and accept that you have the ability to change them. And so, uh, I think a lot of people try to ignore the things about themselves that they don't like, you know, um, or just don't even take the time to recognize those things. You know, some people I think, uh, just exist without a lot of self-awareness because maybe it's something they haven't thought about doing is, you know, paying attention to, how they are in the world and how they affect other people in the world and how they, their actions are affecting their own life. And, right. um, and so I think that, uh, that that's really the place to start with all of that is just being willing to take a hard look at yourself and, and preferably to also try to include people in your life who will do that for you. So, um, an example of that actually, so I've, that's been a struggle with me because I try to be the kind of person, the kind of friend that I want to have. Mm-hmm. And so, there have been a couple times in life where I have tried to talk to a friend about something I think that thought they could improve. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I've lost some friendships over that. Um, even mm. though I felt like I was tactful, you know, I've, people who didn't want to hear it or whatever, then held that against me, you yeah. know? Um, and that is what it is. That's their journey. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, it's like kind of the consequence of that honesty thing you were just talking ex- exactly, about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That which it does not come without consequences. And all of these changes come with consequences. You know what I mean? It's a, uh, you, people who don't want to do the work, don't want to be around people doing the work. That's you know, true. I mean, it, yeah. it's just hard to look at, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it, it's, it, you know, when you're around somebody who's trying to make themselves better, it makes you, it makes you look at yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, so anyway, but, I, so I continue to do that kind of thing. If, I am, if I'm close enough with somebody and I think that 
I would want to know the thing that I'm seeing, then I will tell them, you know what I mean? Um, and I, I'm, I think I'm pretty tactful. You know, one-on-one conversation is kind of my strong suit, I feel like, or mm. just, um, yeah, just interpersonal communication in general, which is part of why I'm really enjoying doing personal training. It's just, that's where I really feel like I shine in life is just communicating with people. And yeah. so, uh, but as far as keeping people around who will be that kind of friend, like that's really important. And I think it's important to like, let the people in your life know that you think you can rely on for that, that you want that. You know what I mean? Because some people won't want to do what I do and tell you the hard thing. You know what I mean? Um, and I've been lucky too. Like I brought up Andrew Lazar already, but there was a time uh, several years ago I was going through a breakup and I was being a jerk online. You know, I mean, I was just, I was making snarky posts, you know, not about anybody directly, but if you knew what was going on, you knew what was going on. Mm. You know what I mean? And I was, uh, I was getting a lot of positive response from that online. You know mm. what I mean? Cause people love to see, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. So, um, and one day Andrew Lazar called me and he said, Hey man, I just want you to know, like I've been where you're at and you're on, you know, everything that you're doing online, like it's not a good look and you're not going to appreciate it later. And having been there, I just thought I should tell you that I don't think you're going to look on, look back on this and appreciate it. Mm. And I stopped right then. And I, I needed that so bad. You know what I mean? And so having those kinds of people in your life and, and he and I had never talked about that. He's just that kind of person. Like I am, you know what I mean? He, we were close enough that he felt like he could call me and tell me that. And it's exactly what I needed, you know? And I think cultivating those kind of relationships, like finding people you can rely on to call you out on your bullshit is so important because we can't always see it ourselves, even if we're willing and trying, you know? Um, Dude, especially like right now that like there's sort of, and maybe the internet has been a huge part of why our culture has shifted the way that it has, but you know, our culture and so in some ways the opposite of wellness in every sense of the word. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of sort of, Hey, if we I- identify anything that, that the status quo might consider outside of wellness, it's not appropriate to judge that pass judgment on that, correct that any Man, of that shit. Yeah. And, and that's rampant. That's like in, in all sorts of departments in just waking life. And, and it seems like we kind of lack the honesty yeah. in, cul- in culture, the honesty to be able to say, there's a threshold here. There's a certain point Absolutely. at which all this shit is just kind of toxic. Yeah. Well, and you got to realize, like, um, it, people, it's, it's so surface level, right? So p- people think they're being nice. It, you know what I mean? Like the, like the um, you know, in... in like crazy inclusivity, the body positivity movement, all those kinds of things are about not hurting people's feelings, Exactly, which is so surface level compared to trying to help people be healthy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, um, it's like if Andrew had hit me up and said, you go buddy, you know what I mean? Everybody's loving that. You know what I mean? Like you're (laughs) hilarious, you know? Um, that wouldn't have stung at all in the moment. It would have been nice in the moment, but it would have kept me going down an unhealthy path. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that people just are, they aren't willing to go deeper. You know what I mean? They aren't willing to look deeper into what's going on and like try to help people live better lives as opposed to make them just feel good in the moment. You know? And in a way it's, it is, it's even, it it might be, yeah, it might be. 
in a way, if I weren't honest with you or whatever. Yeah. Like if there was something, we were close and we needed to be honest with each other. I'm not sparing you the honesty. I'm sparing me the discomfort. That's exactly it. That's what it is. That, yeah, that, it really is. Yeah. You know, so in the, even in those examples, it's like, it's it, your own discomfort with the judgment of having to say one thing is better than another. One thing is like uh, healthier than another thing. Yeah. You know, it's all that. Well, and it's so hard. Like I've, over the course of my life, I've really noticed that that is people will lie so fast to avoid a hard conversation. Mm, yeah. Um, in my last relationship, that was a really big issue. Just lying about shit that didn't matter to avoid having to have a difficult conversation that would have been over in an hour. It, you know what I mean? And, and then it's a much bigger thing because there was a lie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I just think that people, yeah, yeah, it, it, I don't know. People are just unwilling to... To, to be uncomfortable, yeah. which is so important. I mean, that's a, that, that ties into the whole fitness thing. Yeah, you, know, you know what I mean? Just like being willing to spend some time uncomfortable so that you can be more comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, it's crazy how effective that is if you'll tackle those kinds of things head on. When you talked about realizing that you, you exist separate from like your identity as a musician mm-hmm. that too i think fits that category you're just describing sort of the you you get to choose do you want like and for me what what it became was like as you know you know a little bit of my story like mm-hmm. i had a religious identity that was very primary in yeah. my sense of self then it was sort of like music was there all the while music was sort of a vessel i think to express whatever my identity was yeah and then when i became like super outspokenly atheistic music expressed that and then it was sort of like once i let go of all those things i started to look at music and and realize like like this is a vessel this is a thing that i'm using a tool that i am allowing to be the way i i like express myself to the world and i'm i'm kind of I'm not being that direct of a person. I'm not yeah. being like very one-on-one, very like in, in, like expressing my will, like very um, assertive in life. Mm-hmm. I'm letting music kind of be assertive for me. Yeah. And I realized it was kind of keeping me from certain parts of my, maybe what we call like a true identity or Absolutely. something like that. And uh, yeah, so, so the comfort thing, the comfort issue was something like, well, if music is a thing that I'm using to pacify myself, mm-hmm. I could either like try to do that forever. And then when I'm like 60 and it's like impossible for me to be a relevant musician, you yeah. know, in the pop world, yeah. then I could deal with the discomfort and a lifetime of discomfort. Exactly. Or I could like start to at least understand that now. Exactly. And that's, so that's how I felt when I got into shape. So the, beginning actually this weekend in 2019 this is always a big weekend for me because it's my birthday this week so like i 2019 i was like all right after my birthday i'm making a change signing up at planet fitness i'm not eating crap you know i mean i'm i'm sick of being fat and tired you know what i mean i'm just i'm done with it yeah so um anyway i i also have a tendency knowing something like that so i also do uh now I do sober October and sober January. Um, sober October got me. Oh, really? Nice, <laughs> nice. So I was, I, I ended up, uh, you know, I watch Rogan and stuff, and yeah. so that was like, oh, okay, I could do that. And uh, I missed it the year 
I, it was kind of like, I just wasn't ready. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so then I did January that fall of 2020 was the first one I did. And then, so now I do January and October, um, and just kind of enjoy the holidays in between, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, uh, but I, uh, leading up my birthday, I was like, all right, I'm making a change. Well, I started going to the gym, started running. I lost 65 pounds in four months. Holy and shit. And then by the end of the year, I lost 80. Holy shit. Yeah, dude, in 2019. So if right before the pandemic hit too, which is crazy. That the is, year before the pandemic hit, I lost 80 pounds. And then I was just like, I ain't worried about this at all. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> That's serious numbers. Serious numbers. Yeah, it was crazy. Hey, I'm not sure that that fast was actually the healthiest thing, but I was motivated. You Were know you what I mean? Like obsessively, like, I'm Obsessed. not missing a single day. For sure. So, so um, I, I stuck with it for a little bit and started to see results pretty quickly because I had a lot to lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then what, uh, what I think did it was I was, uh, I was also working. I have a tendency to work like multiple jobs at a time. So at the time I was working four jobs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was bartending, delivering food, um, playing music, running sound, you know what I mean? So I was just always busy. So it got to where some days I couldn't, First of all, I started tracking calories yeah. in, in, a, in an app, you know, and it became like a video game. It was like, all right, I really like food, so I have to exercise a lot, and then I can still eat a lot of food. You know what I mean? Dude, I, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. I just started this like a week ago. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so that became kind of a fun game. I was like playing my health like a video game. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, uh, but there were days that it's like, all right, I got to get to work. I don't have time to drive to the gym, work out drive back, shower, but I do have time to walk out my front door and go run. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I started running a lot more and I, I started to really enjoy it. Um, the secret to running, by the way, is get as stoned as you can and then get out the door before you're on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, it doesn't suck as bad at the beginning. You know what I mean? Uh, that was my secret in the beginning. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, then I, uh, but lifting and running, to doing both is really important. And that's just kind of how it ended up because yeah. I got into running enough because of lack of time to get to the gym sometimes. Um, but basically I would just like, I knew how much I wanted to eat in a day. So I had to work out enough to make that happen. You know what I mean? Cause I just wasn't, I was like, I'm not losing this momentum. You know what I mean? So I am getting these workouts in so that if I overeat, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're, you're, you know what I mean? To some extent. Yeah. Know? And, uh, and that was it, man. I just like, I was really staying on top of it. And there were times where, uh, now it's easier for me to accidentally undereat than overeat. And it, because I'm super active and I try, and now I try to do intermittent fasting. So mm -hmm. I try and eat in a window and sometimes I won't eat enough in that window and then I'll just go to bed. And if that happens two days in a row, I'll like lose a day because I'm just underfed, you know, mm. and, um, and I'll feel sick, you know, but there I were see. a few times when all that was going, when I first was losing the weight. There was one time actually, particularly, I went in to go work at the bar and, uh, and I got there a little early and I was just like, man, I'm not right. You know what I mean? And I thought I was, I thought something was wrong. You know what I mean? Like I thought I was sick or something. And Jimbo, my buddy who owns the bar, he's like, I think you probably need to eat, man. Mm. You know, I was like, I don't know. You know, like I don't feel hungry, you know? Um, and he kind of convinced me and I ate some food. And I felt, I mean, it was just, you know, zero to a hundred right there, yeah. you know? Um, a really low blood sugar. Yeah. Doesn't, you don't want to eat. You know, it's happened to me a few times in my life. It's like, you really need to eat, but your, your body's not into it. You know what I mean? Um, 
so anyway, there, I kind of went a little fast on all that, but it's a, but I could feel as it was happening. This is a, this is like a whole change in my life. This isn't like a, a phase. This isn't, you know, this is like my new way of being exactly, you know, and it was, that's what it has to be. It yeah. It's, like. It is what it has to be. It does, and it doesn't have to be super extreme. You know what I mean? It can be little things like I don't eat fast food anymore or, you know what I mean? But finding something that can be your new way of being, I think is really important. Um, I'm, I'm so astonished just by how much our, our, our mentality at different points, like, and without us really even knowing, like we've not talked about these things, but you're telling me I've been listening to you on the podcast. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I see what you mean. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> and, and even that, like even that just bit of the process of starting this, this journey out. Cause I'm, I'm at the first stage and you've kind of already been doing this been, a while. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So like the intro to it matches quite a lot. And, mm-hmm. and just like that shift, um, that shift of understanding, like, like if I want this to work, if I want this to be something I practice, I have to understand like I'm choosing a new way that I'm going to live my life exactly. rather than like just I'm going to get in shape for six months and then I'll be fine. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's not like that. Is it, yeah. So dieting um, is something like you want a you want a your diet to be like your nutrition plan or whatever, you know, whatever you consume on a regular basis is your diet going on a diet is right. is for actors and UFC fighters. You know what I'm saying? It's like going on a diet is a temporary thing to reach a goal by a certain time, but it's not intended to be a a life change. You know what I mean? Like if you need to, like I don't count calories anymore. And, Mm -hmm. and, but, and that was kind of like going on a diet. You know what I mean? Like I had a change to make, but, but really I was dialing in like what foods work for me, understanding like counting, do so. You're using an app, you said. I am. I'm nice. using my, what is it called? Like my, my fitness net, pal, my oh. net diary, something like that. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I, I haven't heard of that one, one but there's yeah. a ton of good ones out there. It's really good. That's yeah. awesome. So getting used to how many throughout the day you'll end up knowing how much you ate. You know, I mean, how many calories and like your proteins, fats, and carbs, and those kinds exactly. of things. And then eventually, you just kind of know. You know what I mean? And so I suggest that to people all the time. Like spend a couple months or longer, like on an app putting in your food it's a pain in the ass it sucks you know what i mean but eventually you you know you know what i mean you can just go through your day and have an idea of what you're putting in your body it it does feel kind of like a video game it really you're you're putting in info it's fun in a way it is kind of fun yeah Yeah, see that's how i felt but most people are like i I don't want to do that i I honestly get really a kick out of it cool so Um, did i that's that's really good to hear yeah i'm excited for you and for me like it was I don't, I don't know if you ran into this, but I've lived here alone for the majority of the time I've lived here. And yeah. living alone, that's where portions, I think, get really fucked up because I was definitely eating like two people's worth yeah. pretty regularly. For sure. Not really aware of it. I just mm-hmm. thought of it as like, oh, I've got... I've got a lot of this and I don't want to, I don't want it to linger till tomorrow. Like it won't be yeah, as good. So I'll I'm just going to like eat a bunch of food. Yeah. But I was eating like a fucking asshole, you know, yeah, I was eating like, sure. like too much food. Yeah, um, man. And so just like seeing that in the video game, seeing that exactly, in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Like being well, like, oh, I can, I can just not eat that much. And I actually see evidence that I've had enough to eat. It, yeah. You know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's yeah. uh, and yeah, it's, it's, you don't know. You know what I mean? It's you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And just spending a little time learning about that is so valuable. Um, so concerning this stuff, my yeah. the main thing I knew I was going to ask you about was kind of 
intro to weight training, I think. Yeah. So where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. I'm doing the calorie counting thing. Cool. I am uh, playing basketball like every Friday night and nice. more if I can. Like yeah. I'm doing some, I'm getting some cardio, some like heart work in. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm just totally too scared to go into the weight room because I okay. don't know where to start. And, Fair enough. Like I don't want to look like a like an idiot. Too, yeah, yeah. Too I, I totally get you. Yeah. Okay. So my suggestion would be to start with some push-ups and uh, body weight squats. Right. Okay. So you don't even have to go anywhere. You can do that here, and then it you. Maybe try and find a branch you can do some pull-ups on. Okay. Right? And so, so uh, th- I guess the first thing to think about as far as concepts, right? There are basically two movements that break down into four movements, right? And that's all you really need to know as far as, uh, I mean, it's not all you need to know, but like it's the basics. So pushing and pulling, right? Everything is either pushing or pulling. Okay. Okay. Pushing movements happen from the muscles on the front of the body. Pulling movements happen from the muscles on the back of the body. Huh. Okay. So if I push... Is that true? Like with arms and shit too? Yeah. So you push with your triceps. Okay. Like this. And you pull with your bicep. Okay. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, it and does. So, and, and so you push with your, with your pecs, with your chest, and you pull with everything in your back, right? So if you pull back like this, you feel your shoulder blades come together, right? Mm-hmm. So then with the lower body, a squat is a pushing movement. And it's using your, your quads up here. And then a, a pull is, um, is a hinge movement, which is uh, with your hamstrings and glutes. And here, I'll show you real quick. So a squat, you stay upright mm-hmm. like this. A hinge, you're going like this. Okay, right? okay. And so the hinge is pulling from back here on the hamstrings and glutes. That's like the power lifting thing? Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah okay. a deadlift. Deadlift, right? yeah, deadlift. exactly. Yeah. And so that would be a good thing also to practice but you could just do like toe touches and then really squeeze through the glutes and hamstrings to come back up Mm. with a flat back you know so you want to be you want to evenly for the most part train pushing and pulling with the upper and lower body okay right so that if you can get that concept you kind of got your basis covered as far as like what you want to work on now with pushing and pulling with the upper body there's this angle and this angle and this angle you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's all these angles in between here. Yeah. And then with with pulling, you have pull-ups, right? And then everything else is considered a row. You're rowing like you're rowing a boat. Okay. Right? So um, so anyway, th- that's basically what you're trying to, to do is execute, add load to pushing or pulling movements. You know? Yeah. Um, so the pulling is harder without like a pull-up bar. You know what I mean? It's just harder to find a way to do that. Yeah. You know, um, pushups, super easy to, to do. You know I mean? As far as just like a way to train pushing. Yeah. You know? Um, so I would suggest doing pushups. Uh, so then there's, there's different adaptations for muscles, right? So, um, basically you, ha- you have flexibility for one, then you have, um, muscular endurance, Mm-hmm hypertrophy which is the growth of muscle tissue right and then like strength okay Okay. strength and hypertrophy it's strength and growing muscle are actually two different things right Hmm. so um so strength much like uh flexibility is actually a neurological adaptation okay so you have muscle fibers right Uh and you your nervous system is 
connected to those fibers, right? And you can tell those fibers to contract, okay? If you, there are different kinds of muscle fibers, but basically some that are made to lift heavier loads, right? Those are called fast twitch fibers. You can remember because they they wear out quickly, um, where slow twitch fibers are slow to wear out. They don't lift as much weight, but they'll go all day. Mm. It's like your calves, right? So if you're trying to lift something heavy, the actual thing that you're trying to do is get your nervous system to activate more muscle fibers, right? It doesn't need to grow bigger muscle fibers. Uh It needs to be more efficient at activating Mm -hmm. those muscle fibers, right? That makes sense. And so, um, so if you're trying to get stronger, you want to be working with a weight that you can only do like one to four or five reps of, right? Um, it, and if you do that, you probably aren't going to grow a ton of muscle, but you'll get a lot stronger, right? If you want to grow muscle, you want to be somewhere where, where you can only do five to like 15 or 20 reps. 15 to 25 is kind of a middle ground, right? Um, so really like five to 15 reps. You're, you're probably going to grow more muscle that way, right? And it, part of that is you're just wearing out the fibers and it's like, all right, maybe these fibers need to be bigger and stronger. Mm. And so your body will adapt by growing them. Muscular endurance, anything like 25 reps plus that you can do is really a metabolic issue. So it's how quickly can your muscle create waste from doing work and clear that waste so it can continue doing work. Hmm. Right. So those are three different adaptations. And then flexibility is, is kind of like strength. I mean, it's different, but it's uh, it's also a neurological thing. So you're, if they put you under for like a uh, surgery, like if you go under anesthesia, people, you can just get moved around like a rag doll. You right. don't have any restriction in your movement. And that's because the restriction in our movement is actually our nervous system saying, I don't know if we're safe in this range of motion, hmm. right? So I don't know that we're not going to injure ourselves if we put our arm all the way back here. So we stop it, you know? If, and so the way you get more flexible is you convince your nervous system that you are safe in a certain range of motion by <laughs> spending time there. But also there's like real brand new research, um, uh, from a few months ago, you listen to Huberman sometimes, right? Yeah. Okay. It, he's such a good resource for this kind of stuff, you know? Um, but he had talked a few months ago about a study that came out where they, they found that the actual best way to get flexibility or more range of motion is to use weight. And it's because, so one that I have my clients do all the time is if you're laying on a bench and holding dumbbells, you hold them to where it's stretching across the chest. You can kind of like pull them out a little further. You'll feel more stretch across the chest. Mm. Hold that for like five seconds and then press. And what you're doing is you're telling your nervous system, all right, not only can we be in this range, but we can do work in this range, mm. which has been shown to convince the nervous system much faster, basically, that you're safe there. So that protocol would be to get in a stretch position with some weight, count five seconds, do a rep come back down, count five seconds, do a rep, and you want to accumulate like 30 seconds of stretch in that set. Um, so anyway, I know I'm throwing a lot of information at you. I'm following. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, following. cool, cool. Yeah. But um, so as far as getting into weight training, what I would suggest is um, 
doing bodyweight squats and, uh, and pushups just for a while. You know what I mean? Just try and get some in each day. You want to do, you want to, so also failure is an important concept. So a set should generally be done to failure, right? Failure doesn't mean necessarily that you can't do the next rep. Mm. I like to describe it as failure of form, not actual failure, right? So if you, um, an important one that I do with people a lot is a one arm press. So if you hold a dumbbell and you press it overhead like this, right? I don't really care how much they can lift over their head. I care that they can lift it over their head and not move the rest of their body, right? Mm. I want to see stability through the rest of the body. As soon as they have to like kind of go like this to get it up, done. You know what I mean? You stop there. That's okay. Okay. So the point, and it depends, there are specific times where maybe you would want to give it all you got. And you know what I mean? But in just for general health, you want to do like a curl, right? Do the curls. But once you have to kind of like go like that, just stop. You know what I mean? Like stop at the one before you have to wiggle, Yeah, you know, and that's failure of form. And so, um, that's how you stay safe, but also make sure you're getting the proper stimulus. That makes a lot of sense. That was actually, that kind of answers probably in part my next question, which was kind of about, uh, identifying right techniques, you know? Absolutely. So, so stability is is king in my opinion you know what i mean so like if you're doing push-ups you want to be as straight and flat as possible right that actually takes a lot more muscles than you think so there's actually you're going to be tight through the belly you're going to squeeze through the legs a little bit and the did you ever hear uh light as a feather stiff as a board yeah you know what i'm talking about like kids would like somebody would lay like this and be as stiff as possible and people would like lift them up with their fingers mm-hmm. well that's they're making themselves lighter by becoming rigid, you know? And so, uh, if somebody's just a floppy sack of potatoes, right. you know, it's hard to pick up dead weight like that. But, um, for whatever reason, when, when you stay completely like integrated, you know, like if you can stay stiff, you'll feel lighter even to yourself. So if you're doing push-ups and you kind of like are loose through the body, that's going to feel more difficult than if you can keep like solid line of energy, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, you almost always want to be reaching your crown of your head away from your tailbone, okay? Creating length in the spine, right? If you round the, the spine, it's just less, has less integrity, mm-hmm. right? So especially as you start adding load, but like doing squats without any load, that's an important thing to keep in mind so that you have proper technique into the future, right? Okay. So neutral pelvis pelvic alignment is is an important thing that people don't think about. So you don't want to tuck your tail under like a dog. You know what I mean? You don't want to stick your booty out like J-Lo or somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> you want to reach your tailbone towards the floor, right? Yeah. Which is which if you stand up and do that, you feel activation in the lower core. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that kind of pulls up on the front of the pelvis, which reaches the tailbone down to create like a neutral lower spine. When you're doing squats, you want to you want to do that. You want, which is really, you want to keep some firmness in the core, which should facilitate that. I'm guessing all that, what you're describing too, also a lot easier to manage when you actually do have a trainer, when you have somebody there that's kind of looking and seeing, seeing what's going on. Exactly. And, and people have different uh, levels of like uh, proprioception, you know what I mean? Like the, which is like the ability to 
recognize where your body is in space, right? And so, um, so yeah, that's, in different people, it's going to be a lot more beneficial to have a trainer and somebody you know, to, to look at you. I will say you can YouTube a lot of this stuff. You know I mean? If you, if you feel like you have good body awareness, you know, um, you can YouTube like proper squat technique. And there are people out there who will go over the cues, you know, for you as far as like what you want to be thinking about. But I do think that if one has access, a trainer is really helpful Mm -hmm. uh, because just, just like the people that call you on your bullshit, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like that. You know, you were just unaware of some of our tendencies. And so, um, like for instance, part of why I ended up with the, uh, neuropathic problems, like mm-hmm. the, the nerve pain was years of being hunched over like this with a guitar. Right. Then when I started working out, I didn't get the pulling motions come from the back thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I was just flying by the seat of my pants. You know, that was, when I started running, I was heel striking, which is a bad idea. You want to, you don't want to land on your heels. It sends, um, it sends force up through your knees and your hips and stuff mm. like that. I didn't care if I was doing things right. I was on a mission to lose weight. Yeah. You know what, you know what I mean? And I knew there were things I was doing wrong, but it, it, the important part was doing the work. You know what I mean? And there's something to be said about that, but I had a lot of, I had a difficult road of, fixing some of those mistakes after spending a couple of years doing them, you know, but I exacerbated my, my hunched posture from guitar by not properly activating my back when I was doing back exercises. So most of my pulling exercises like pull-ups and rows and stuff, I was using my arms, which is, first of all, you're not going to be able to do as much weight, but second of all, you're just not, you, you're not using the primary movers of that movement. Yeah. And it left me weak in my back as I got even stronger in my front, which hunched me over even further and pinched off the nerves in my shoulders. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, so if I had had a trainer, I think they would have recognized that much sooner than I did, mm-hmm. you, you know? And so, uh, so I do think it's really, if you have you know, the means or opportunity, having somebody to, to see what you're doing, I think is really, really beneficial. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Question about like, um, I've heard a couple of different, I've heard different takes on whether or not training, whether it's wiser to, uh, to kind of train to the point where you're sore or mm-hmm. versus training to the point where you're kind of expressed, but you yeah. still have energy for the next day. Wonder what your take is on that. I do think um I think they can both be positive strategies. It depends on what your schedule is like, right? If you're only gonna train two or three days a week, I'd say go for it because you're gonna have time in between mm-hmm. you know to rest and recover. So get all the stimulus you can where you're not where you can go about your day the next day. You know what I mean? But any amount of training that's going to compromise the next training session is not worth it, in my opinion. You're going to get more out of being able to give a full effort the next time you go in. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to work out, you know, every day, which I think is I'd, an hour a week to me is not nearly as good as 10 minutes a day. You, you know what I mean? Because the consistency is important. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And also, if you can do 10 minutes a day and you stick with it, I think it will snowball into more. You know what I mean? Like you'll see results, you'll feel better and you'll be like, I could do a little more today. You know what I mean? And so, um, so I do think, I think that that's probably a better approach as far as, yeah, don't kill yourself and do it more often, you know? Um, but you can also train sore. I mean, you know what I mean? You're not going to, um, 
it's kind of a myth that you can't train the same muscle two days in a row. Like, um, you can, but if you did too much the day before, you're not going to get as good of a workout in, you know? Mm -hmm. So there is some strategy involved in that, but, um, that was kind of like a hard and fast rule in the, in the literature for a while or in the community. And, uh, it's been shown to not be the case. If you, if you feel, if you feel like you can train it, you can train it, but don't, but if you're super sore and you go after it again, you could damage the muscle. You know what I mean? You have to be kind of conscious of not being an idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure. uh, but just cause you're sore, actually soreness can be helped by working out. So like if you're really sore, a, a good strategy is the next day, go do really lightweight. Like if my biceps were sore and it was like, man, they're killing me today. It'd be a good idea for me to go get lightweights and do like one or two sets of high reps. Mm. And the reason for that is, um, so we have our circulatory system for our blood. We also have our lymphatic system. So it's your lymph nodes, you know, it's another fluid that, that is pushed through the body. Right. But you don't have a heart for your lymphatic system. So there's nothing pumping that. What pumps it is the actual contraction of muscle. Hmm. So when you contract the muscle, it's pushing out that lymph and then it can take more in. And what that is, is the sewage system of the body. So when I was saying before, like a metabolic adaptation, if you're, um, it's, it's the efficiency of getting rid of the metabolic waste, um, in order to, because as it accumulates, you just can't, you get acidic in the muscle. You can't continue to work. Mm -hmm. Right. So the blood takes some of that, but the lymphatic system takes a lot of that also. I see. So if you're sore and you go work the muscle, you know, not heavy loads, but lots of reps, you're pumping all that sewage out basically, which hmm. can help the soreness go away faster counterintuitively, you know? Um, yeah, that's it. That's actually really, it's interesting. I, made a connection the other day listening to Huberman. He's done a guest series with a guy named Andy Galpin, who's a, an exercise physiologist and professor on like exercise. Yeah. Um, they just did a six episode series over the last six weeks. All about, I mean, it's, if you've got the, the time and energy for it, man, that is like a, yeah, a, I've been trying. Yeah, I yeah, have that's the, a, it's, it's deep in there. You know what I mean? It, and they're so th- and I like him a lot, but he's so academic that he is so thorough. He's so mm-hmm. like, he's not the type dude that is like, okay, let me put this simply. Exactly. It's like, it's yeah. always the most drawn out, most like, for whatever. sure. Yeah. So I've, for, for like two weeks, I've had the episode pulled up on my computer of the like, uh, like workout schedule thing. Oh, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, one of these days I'm going to sit down, listen to this, yeah. make a bunch of notes for sure. But I just, th- it's like three, it's like almost four hours. For it's sure. It's a hard yeah, they're long. Yeah. to make. And that's, so I actually, uh, so I want to sit down and take more notes on those kind of things. Yeah. But a lot of what he talks about, I kind of have a foundation in some of that. So yeah. it's not as dense for me. You know what I mean? Um, and I've grown to, I've been listening to his podcast since it started. Uh, really? Yeah. So, um, like a, a second episode was when I started. Really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You so, were early on it. Real early. Yeah. I saw him on, uh, do you know who Rich Roll is? He's, uh, like an ultra marathon runner and he's, he's a guy, another guy in the self-improvement space okay. or whatever. And, uh, I he, his podcast with Huberman right when Huberman started, got suggested to me and I was like, Oh, I saw this guy on Rogan. You mm. know what I mean? And realized. And so, uh, but yeah, I got in on it like real early. Um, 
and I did on the Viral Bloom channel, I actually did a synopsis of one of his episodes. So I, t- I took a whole Huberman episode and did it in 15 minutes. I might have watched that. Um, yeah, and it was about gratitude. So I plan to do more of those into the future because it helps me, just like teaching people about fitness or teaching people anything, really helps you solidify concepts. You I know? think when you put that out, I didn't know who Huberman was, and now that makes a lot more sense. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. When I go back, I'll be like, that's why. That's yeah, because exactly. <laughs> that's actually quite helpful. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> but great. I don't take... Uh, I don't sit down and take notes like I'd like with those. And so I also, I listen to a lot of stuff. So I listen to everything on double speed. Yeah. And, um, and then if I really like something, I go back and listen to it again. If I, if I want to, you know what I mean? But, uh, but I find that I gain a lot from just listening at double speed and whatever sticks sticks. And then if I feel like I want to go back and revisit something, then I'll go back and revisit it. Um, uh, which is with Rick Rubin's book. Like it was, I'm going to go back and do a second listen to that. And actually my hard copy came in recently too. Nice. So uh, I'm looking forward to diving back into that. Cause there was so much like, and, and I, I listen while I do things, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so um, some things I definitely want to go back to, but Huberman's like that for me. I, it's like, I listen to it and I take a lot from it, but I want to pick the ones that I really appreciate, go back take notes and then make a synopsis video. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to solidify everything in my mind of yeah. what's going on with that, with that subject. It makes it, yeah. it, it changes things up. And, and like, if you're like me, I don't know if you are, but like YouTube became this sort of it, weird. It was just like, it filled such a huge space where when I was, when I was working at Aperture, when I was like doing stock at Aperture, mm-hmm. when I was, uh, uh, when I'm around the house, just like when I'm, when I'm working on something that doesn't require my full attention or if I'm doing laundry or whatever, yeah, I've got something playing. Exactly. And yeah. like, I didn't, I think I didn't know this, but a lot of the time that something is something I can kind of listen to passively. And even with like Huberman, I can sometimes I can, I can cut it on and be like, okay, I'm going to pay attention to this. And then the, the experience kind of becomes passive because I'm, I'm in this habit of kind of, splitting my like dividing my attention i know exactly what you mean yeah yeah yeah. i want to like focus a little more on what he has to say but um, for sure i've I've kind of trained my mind a little i think incorrectly with how to use youtube or audio sensation i I totally understand that and that's where um when i first moved to boone i was driving a truck all day i mean Mm, for and i was there on salary and i was not getting paid what i should have for the hours i was putting in it's uh anyway that's a whole nother thing but you know (laughs) um but I was spending a lot of time driving a truck and that is you, I could pay enough attention there, you know, now I'm not in the car as much and I'm more actively doing things when I'm listening to stuff. And I do find sometimes I'll be like partway into a Huberman episode or something a little more heady like that. And I have to just be like, no music right now. Cause I want to, I want to hear this, you know what I mean? And I've gotten better at recognizing that in the moment, but, um, but I, I mean, so I listen to everything on Spotify for the most part. And uh, I switched when Joe switched. You know mm. what I mean? I, I just switched from Apple Podcasts to Spotify. Nice. Because uh, I was sick of Apple Music anyway. And, I, and it, was, it was just always giving me the same, or no, I was on Pandora. Sorry. But it would give me the same stuff all the time. Mm. And I was really sick of it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give sh- Spotify a shot because I listen to Joe all the time and it's going to be on there. I'm, so if I'm going to pay for a music service, I'll just pay for that one and see how it goes. I really am glad I did that. I've found so much more music. Like really? yeah. Spotify is so much better about showing me new stuff. Um, and so, uh, but the past two years in a row, I've been in 
the top 0.1% of listeners for time on out. Really? Yeah. The top 0.1%. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Holy so, shit. <laughs> for two years in a row. So I listen to a lot of shit. It's crazy. And that's not including like audiobooks and stuff like that. Like I have stuff on all the time. Damn. It's kind of crazy. Um, so, it, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I really, I've found this thirst for, like I didn't, as I got in shape, was in 2019 was when I started listening to podcasts and it's like, where has this been my whole life? You know what I mean? It's just crazy. And, um, since then, and even back then I was talking about maybe starting one, which I'd still may do at some point, but it's like, I, uh, I'm really bad about waiting for perfection. You know what I mean? On on things. And, uh, I'm working on it, but (laughs) you know, uh, but it's like, there's just so much to know out there. And there's people like, like Huberman, who and are you familiar with Jacob Collier? He's a musician. Jacob Collier. That sounds a little familiar, but I'm not he's, sure. He's won several Grammys over the past few years. He's a uh, he's on Quincy Jones's record label, mm-hmm. but he's a a British kid who's arguably the best musician in the world. I mean, he's multi instrumentalist, just crazy jazz musician. Hell yeah. Um, anyway, really amazing compositions and stuff. Uh, but he him he's a lot like Huberman so he will go into his Jacob will go into his logic sessions for Grammy award-winning music and just take you through it on YouTube show you his whole logic session how he did all the cool stuff damn yeah and people who are out there just putting knowledge out you know what I mean it's like Huberman doesn't need to do the podcast he's got a good job Jacob's winning Grammys you know what I mean but they care about sharing with the world what's going on and now we have these platforms for people to do that you know Jacob would just YouTube in general and Huberman with like long form podcasting. It's, um, it's just incredible. Do you listen to modern wisdom by the way? Yes, I do. Okay. I've been meaning to message you suggesting that yeah. for two years now. <laughs> that dude <laughs> like, is a, uh, he's uh, great. Yeah. He's great dude. I, he and I have the same birthday. Really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. Funny. he's a year younger than I am actually. But, oh. uh, uh, yeah, I, it was crazy last year. His birthday was on a Monday or our birthday was on a Monday and he sends out a Monday newsletter, uh, the uh, three minute Monday. And so I found the newsletter the morning of my birthday and it said, happy birthday. And I was like, how does he know it's my birthday? And then I opened it. It was his birthday. Um, so, uh, anyway, I, I love him and Lex Friedman. Uh, I think are my two favorite interviewers in the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just Lex is great. Yeah. Lex is, is my number one favorite interviewer. I mean, he's just, the questions he thinks to ask and the, where his head's at is just sometimes when I, if I stop to think about, and this is another thing that I've kind of cultivated in life because I want to appreciate the beauty in life. You know what I mean? Like, like you ever look at a landscape or something and just like feel something well up in you, like, Mm -hmm. like you could tear up, you know, if I sit and think about Lex or Huberman or Jacob Collier, I tear up, man. I just like, what they're bringing to the world is so important. And I feel so lucky to be alive at the same time of them and aware that they exist. I know. I mean, it's just incredible the, where we're at in the world. I mean, so much seems so bleak, but at the same time, so much is amazing. It's just incredible. Some of the stuff that's going on in the world. You're so right, man. Uh, yeah. And I mean, uh, Lex, his level of honesty too is something to aspire for, you know, Mm -hmm. like he's so, present and Absolutely. so honest with people um and chris williamson to- i like a lot he he reminds me of like us he reminds me of like the kind of guy that you could actually Ab- chill with absolutely and he doesn't seem as while he seems intimidating in his own way yeah 
Lex, Huberman, Jordan Pearson, those people feel like they're in this like gifted place where Chris feels kind of like a a peer in a way. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is really refreshing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, yeah, I would be, I'm not a person who gets generally starstruck, although I went and saw Jacob Collier last year and that is the most I've ever felt like, oh wait, they're, they're right there. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, like this person is like in the same room as me. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't ever feel like that. You mm. know, when I see a big artist or something I did with Jacob, it was weird. It was just like, holy shit. He's like right there. You yeah. know, um, it seemed, I think I would feel that way with Lex or Huberman or Peterson. You know what I mean? Like it, because they just intellectually are just so incredible. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and, and I feel that way about Chris sometimes too, in the sense that, I mean, he is very well read and very intelligent, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he does see, it seems more like, yeah, I it just, I wouldn't feel as starstruck. I don't think, you yeah. know what I mean? He, he does feel more relatable. Yeah. Than, approachable, like kind of yeah. accessible in a way or yeah, something. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a different thing, but all the, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. Like, especially with, if it like, like, a like, I don't know, just exactly what you were describing with social media, like what it breeds, what it celebrates, what it promotes. Yeah. Uh, people, I mean, God damn, people are so cynical all the time. All the and, time. And it's yeah. like, I get on there and I'm amazed at the fact that I know these people and they are this cynical and they're just proud of it, like flaunting it. Mm-hmm. So then you hear these people and uh, another name, another name we're throwing out, um, well, if I can throw it out, I just forgot his name. I was thinking of it a second ago, and I lost it. But the uh, the stay hard guy. Oh yeah, um, David Goggins. David Goggins, dude. Like another, have you, have you read or read listened it? to his books? Not yet, dude. I'm they're pl- both I'm, so good. I'm planning yeah. on it. Yeah, man. But yeah. Uh, even yeah, like all those guys. Yeah, just kind of filling a motivational space, filling a space that promotes individual individualism, individuality, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Uh, filling fill a space that makes you realize that. If you act like the world is cynical, you're going to, the product of that is going to be worse than if you act like you have a, you have a job to do. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Like that's, that seems to be the thing. Well, and I think that that's, you know, back to Peterson. I mean, just he self, I, I truly believe, and I think he's one of the best, uh, the people most directly, um, I just, we were talking about individual responsibility yes. and, um, and Peterson's a big proponent, proponent of that. And I heartily agree with him in the sense that, um, the best way forward for the world is for people to deal with their own shit. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like it just taking responsibility for yourself and trying to be the best person you can be in the world. Like we were talking about before is the way forward to make the world a better place. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, one is a part of the world. So if you can improve yourself, you are improving the world. Exactly. You know what I mean? And and it's just, um, that's what I think. Was it? I don't remember who, but I tried to make this point at one point. It was, I remember I used to be like, I mean, I used to be super, super into Peterson and just Mm -hmm. see, I would see everything that, that got put out. Oh, me too. I've read all three of his books too. I haven't read the I've, I've, maps of meaning is. Uh, I haven't read maps. I haven't even started maps of meaning. Fair I have it. Haven't so, even touched okay. it. So I, I, first of all, I listen to books. Okay, y- you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I I do read some, but not very. That many. one you know I mean? should do audio. Yeah. probably. I, it is nice. I will say, it's one of my favorite books, ever. 
Mm. But it's not a book I recommend to people because it's super duper dense. Yeah. Even by his own, he feels the same way. Yeah. It is super dense, but it is really cool the way he, he talks about kind of the progression of uh, systems of faith and that kind of thing. You know, the progression of from really early uh, belief systems yeah. to, you know, from Mesopotamia all the way through now. But how, um, so basically the concept behind it is that ancient people didn't have the scientific method. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, so like uh, that guitar up there, right? Most people would see, just see a guitar, mm-hmm. right? You probably have memories associated with that. So when you see that, you see all of that wrapped up in it. It's right. like your family's dining room table, right? You know, like if you found, if somebody just saw that in Goodwill, it's just a table, but you walk in and you see it and there's all this other stuff associated with that object, mm-hmm. right? So the concept that he's laying out in Maps of Meaning is that that's how people saw everything before the scientific method. Mm. It wasn't, things weren't defined by their shape and weight and color and that kind of thing. Things were defined by what they meant. So, yeah. so it changes the way you read ancient texts if you read them knowing people wrote them from that perspective. It's yeah. not meant to be a scientific description of the world the way we think of it now. You know what I mean? It's meant to be a description of relationships. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Um, but anyway, he makes sense. It's it's really cool the way he. I just love that concept. Yeah, you know, and that's a, yeah, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, also, just like the concept of this is kind of a turn, but like the concept of God in general, right? Uh, I think it's really interesting to think of like how that could be true on different levels, right? So the level that I've been thinking about lately is society or really just like life in general, right? So if you think about everything it took to get here, right, for us to be here, like so many, just humans, all the humans that lived and died for us to be here. But then before that, all of the creatures that were evolving into humans, right? You know, and even the concept of like, when, when we think, we think in language, but we didn't invent that language. So even our internal thoughts are a product of the people who came before us. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to my parents about this yesterday. Just so like different languages have words that we don't have in English. You know, um, one people tend to know is uh, schadenfreude, yep. right? You know, uh, taking happiness out of the misery of others, right? Um, another German word that's like one of my favorite words that I've thought about naming my podcast if I start one is umwelt, which is the way a creature sees the world. So our, our brain is most, most of the real estate, 50% plus, is dedicated to vision, right? That's our main way of interacting with the world is through mm. sight. A dog's brain is mostly for smell, and it's, that's their primary sense. A bat is hearing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the way an animal perceives the world in German is its umwelt, which I think is a really cool concept to even have a word for. You know what I mean? Um, um, yes. But so even so, the people who came before us, like we don't have schadenfreude or umwelt. So we didn't grow up 
considering those concepts in the way people who just know German as opposed to English might. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So everything we even think and perceive is a, is a cumulative process I've of never, everything that's happened before. Never thought about it in those terms. It spooks me out thinking about it's it. It's weird, isn't it? It's very interesting. So to me, think about this. What if that's God? That deserves reverence and respect and admiration mm-hmm. and devotion. You know what I mean? Just I am the product of everything that has come before me, and it is on me to push that forward the next step. Yeah. And to me, like that is an that is worth all of the thought and reverence people give to what they call God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And and um and if God is a is real, which is a whole nother conversation, whatever, however you want to define that, that is still part of it. it. You know what I mean? Like it's real on that level. And so I feel like there can be, if God is a real thing in the way that people normally think of it, it has to be real on every level. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, and so anyway, but that, that particular continuum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ashley. What the fuck? I remember watching Peterson's debate on like Q&A in Australia. Mm. You might have seen that one. I'm not sure. He was on the panel with like four or five other people or whatever. And I'm not sure I did see that one. Well, they just kept going on and going on and on about um, sort of challenging this notion of individuality, this mm-hmm. notion of like the, the integrity of the individual, because it seems that, I mean, inappropriately, I understand there's a place to think about larger groups. A hundred percent. Astrid, no. Go, go. Go on. Go, girl. Go. There's, there's, there's reason to consider what happens when you have more than just one person. Absolutely. You know, but... Because here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. But, but there's a, there's a confusion, it seems. There's some, there's some, some disorderly way of thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, where people don't seem to want to identify or acknowledge people on the left side of the spectrum. Like mm-hmm. that, those are the people who seem fascinated with the usefulness, I guess, of collectives, collectives yeah. and, and identifying people that way. Absolutely. Then there's like on the right, like this fixation with individuality or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and still whatever there's, there's contradictions yeah. within that, but yeah. you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. That's like a hundred percent. Yeah. Part yeah. Of the That's basics. the general landscape. Yeah. yeah general yeah. landscape on a basic level. And, um, on that interview, I remember them sort of trying to take Peterson to task, and and he didn't quite say this, and I I, I wanted to jump in and say it. I know that because feeling, he man. just like yeah. didn't say it, but those collectives, those systems, all shit that consists of multiple people mm-hmm. consists of multiple multiple individuals, individuals. and exactly. that like if they aren't adequate in their own self. Like, th- there's no way for that system to function separate from individuals. Exactly. Now, it seems like some people don't like the idea of autonomy within those systems. Like, they don't like when a person can stand out among other people or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's but like tall poppy syndrome, I think is what they call it over mm. in Europe. So, uh, Chris Williamson will bring it up sometimes. It, it, that's part of why he moved to Austin, because over in. Europe, um, tall poppy syndrome is a big thing. Basically, if you stick your head up too high, you'll get cut off. And so that's a very big 
in, in a lot of countries, and that's something that apparently a lot of people admire about the U.S., is that people will cheer each other on for doing well, as yeah. opposed to in other countries, people are like, oh, what are you, you know, why are you doing that? You know what I mean? It's like a, an attitude of just blend in. You know what I mean? Like, why... Why be out front like that? You but know, like, is, why? Why? I think so. It's crabs in a bucket. I think you know what I mean. It's just, so there, you know, I don't know if you know what that is, but like, if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, when one tries to crawl out, they will pull them back in. Mm. You know what I mean? And uh, and so I think that people people tend to feel that way. You know, and I well, mean, I it's mean, easy when you feel jealous or something. You know, I don't know. You yep. know, there's so to be honest, this is kind of weird, but there have been times that I've felt jealous of you uh, huh. because of it just music and th- just things you know what i mean like uh there was a time that i was working very long time ago when I, you were playing drums with me and greg was playing bass and right as we all started to learn stuff you got a booking agent and you and greg went off and did your thing you know what i mean yeah i felt jealous but i didn't want you to do badly right it, you know what i mean like i was happy for you yeah. but i also there were i wanted that for me too you know what i mean and i think it's easy if you're not self-aware if you don't take a step back to let jealousy carry you into another emotion dude it's 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 easy even if you try to be self for sure like, yeah that's something uh to be real to be honest in this conversation that's something i still struggle with and like it, for sure me you know, too yeah. you you try to think of yourself and especially with both of us like still we're still in the world of doing things that we're passionate about Absolutely. and trying to be in the in the world I still, I just like sometimes social media has this trick it plays on me where while I'm, while I consider myself in the same world as these people, as I see them prosper, my mind is sort of interpreting that as like, you're not prospering. You should be prospering and, and they are instead of you. Dude, kind of I, thing, you I deal with that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that, but, but it, that, but it, that's not the same as crabs in a bucket. Mm. You know what I mean? Let it, feeling that doesn't have to affect how you interact with other people. Right. You know what I mean? And you can still, you can still be happy for them, even though it's making you think about what you want for yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that people who don't think through their emotions, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually, uh, this year I'm reading the daily stoic, which is a book by Ryan holiday. I don't know if you would have heard of him, but I think um, I follow the daily stoic. Okay. Yeah. So he, yeah, he has a, uh, page for that you know okay I mean? but it, it originally was a book he also wrote a book called the obstacle is the way um but he uh but it's a uh, daily devotional basically so every day it's like some quote from a stoic philosopher and then him writing a paragraph about it gotcha um but uh a lot of it is about not letting it well it goes month to month kind of like uh different themes or whatever but this month the theme has been not letting your emotions carry you away you know not letting uh not reacting to what just wells up from a situation and Mm -hmm. really taking a step back and choosing how you react to things yeah and uh and i think jealousy is a really hard one to do for that you know what i mean because it's such a it it can really make you feel less than yeah you you know what i mean and it and that is such a hard feeling to to deal with you know um, but it's possible, you know what I mean? You can, you can step back. One can step back from that. And, uh, and yeah, uh, but it's, it, I think a lot of people don't, and it creates, you know, stuff like Chris Williamson talked about that is in his hometown. It's just, nobody wants to see you do well, Yeah, you know, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, I, jealousy is something I do struggle with, man. And it's, 
It sucks and resentment, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, just, it sucks to admit it, but there's some kind of also a humility in admitting it or something. Like instead of just, I don't believe it's true. You know what I mean? Like it, I, like the resentment I see as resentment, the jealousy I see is jealousy. Exactly. So I don't see it as like, Hey, that person shouldn't be prospering. It, I just know, Oh, I feel jealous exactly, about that person's exactly. prospering. Well, and that's, that comes back to what we were talking about before, as far as like the first step is self-awareness. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you can, if you can recognize it, you can change it. Yeah. Um, or you can at least, even if you can't stop feeling jealous, you cannot interact with the world from that space. You know, this, by the way, also has some shit to do with, um, I, I'll share this with you because you're, since you're in this world, you might have, you might have a thought about it, but, um, so it goes, it, it ties into your relationship with your body, ties into your relationship yeah. with your sense of being competent. A hundred percent. And your and your wellness, I think your fitness ties into being feeling competent or not in this in some way. Big so, time. Like when I start when I started going to the Y, started playing basketball because that was like my passion in high school. Cool, was yeah. just that. Yeah. It was like before music, really. Like basketball was my identity. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so when I went back, all of a sudden, all of these old feelings of insecurity came back. Yeah, shit that's like. You you can't shoot outside well, yeah. and like you are short, haha! Yeah. Like you're short, yeah. and I'm like, I know that feeling? Fuck. Like yeah. all the I forgot all this shit. Like yeah. I forgot that I felt all these ways about myself. And then when you get in a competitive atmosphere, and I'm seeing these like twenty year olds smoke everybody, and yeah. like some of them are like six four, and they're jumping up and like just touching the rim for fun, and yeah. I'm just like. Fuck! Like yeah. <laughs> I forgot this world, you know. And definitely, um, the more I like, I I keep going. Mm-hmm. I keep like challenging that part of myself, absolutely, and kind of challenging the way I think about it. Because the same way you were just talking about, what I'm doing is seeing this six four twenty year old, mm-hmm. and what I'm seeing is my own aging yeah. and my own shortness yeah. and my own like inadequacy, as far Dude, as I can tell. That is that is okay. I can really relate to that, right? <laughs> so I've, you know, I lost 80 pounds. I've put, I've put uh, a good chunk back on in muscle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you know, when I lost that 80 pounds, I was, I was skinny. You know what I mean? And now I'm like, I'm filling out a little bit. I'm like, I feel really good about that. But still some days all I see in the mirror is love handles. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's just like this little bit right here and that's like all I can see. You know what I mean? Like it's just crazy how easy it is to focus on, on that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I will say sticking with it, uh, you were talking about just like how that sense of accomplishment and stuff, like how all that's tied into your health, you know, the biggest surprise to me, like the big, and what made me want to be a trainer is that what I didn't expect to come with getting in shape was this deeper, I mean, just this profound self sense of accomplishment. Mm. I mean, I, and not in like an egotistical way, but I am so proud of myself in a way I didn't know I could be, you know what I mean? For making a change in my life, you know, and, and it's not only am I proud of myself, but I now know that I can put in effort to make real change in my life you know, and that knowledge, like not just the concept of it, but proof that I have, you know, like proof positive that if I put my mind to something, I can make shit happen is just beyond valuable. Like I just, I want everybody to know 
how good they can feel if they'll just put some time in physically, but how good you can feel about yourself. If you will just commit to doing something to making yourself more the person you'll be proud of. You know what I mean? And it's, it's so possible. And the, the change is so profound. It's just, you can't even describe it. I mean, it's just, um, yeah, it's, well, it's an amazing thing, man. It really does all tie in together. Though, yeah, you know, it like does. Like you were saying, it's... Uh, I'll share this with you, too, uh, in the name of honesty. Like, I, in this process, too, have been sort of... I'm The more the more I play ball, mm-hmm. the more competitive I feel, the more, like, uh, the more I'm doing this, yeah. the more I'm understanding exactly what you just said, like, that that I can, I can decide this lifestyle, mm-hmm. implement it, and see results from it. Absolutely. It's affecting my relationship with music too, in a way where 100%. I'm like finding myself more disciplined, more motivated to do that shit. Yeah. And I like, frankly, part of that has been like thinking of myself as like, I'm not happy with whatever my appearance, my wellness, the, the, uh, the, the condition that I'm in mm-hmm. that going into trying to book shows is sort of, demoralizing it's sort of like why would i want to go on stage and flaunt my skills when i don't even feel good about myself you know yeah man so the the more that i challenge that it seems the more motivated i am to like uh to to pursue other just like normal shit i want to be and do yeah i can really relate to that so as my you know in the beginning we were talking about uh, my music and how that the content kind of shifted about what i wrote about yeah so for a long time i I wanted my music in my mind. I wanted to inspire people and make people's lives better mm-hmm. through that, through my art. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to put something out in the world that would enrich people and make their life better somehow, you know? Um, and interestingly, looking back, it's like I had a lot of the concepts in mind. I was writing about those things, but I wasn't living it the way, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't, how am I going to lead people on that if I can't implement it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and now through training, I'm impacting people's lives in that way in a much more direct way. You know what I mean? It's, it's much more tangible, my ability to actually help people improve and enrich their lives, which I, I'm finding extremely rewarding. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it was, it's interesting to look on So I have an album that I have been working on for 10 plus years. Okay. And it's pieces, it's called mosaic, but which is appropriate because it's pieces of things that have been recorded over the years. Like a couple of the drum tracks are Daniel Faust and they were recorded 10 years ago. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then there's things that I started all across that time. You know what I mean? That, that have, you know, it was 15 songs and now it's like nine, you know what I mean? Um, and eventually I do plan to finish it pretty soon. I'm, my living situation makes that difficult right now, but I'll be moving soon, which is a whole nother thing. And so, uh, I'm hoping at the next space, I feel a little more, uh, I just don't feel inspired where I am now. Um, but this whole, the whole time I was trying to do that, not only did I want to change the world, you know what I mean? Like, like influence people or, you know, inspire people, but my whole life was riding on that album, you know? And it's like, um, I've never been good at, uh, I can't just be okay with things and put them out in the world, which mm-hmm. has been my big downfall with art. You know what I mean? I can go play because that, I feel comfortable on stage. I feel comfortable doing that. But putting something out recorded is like, oh, this is how this song's going to be remembered forever. And yeah. this is how, and and I hear 
uh, I hear like really full arrangements. So like I hear string sections and horns and all kinds of stuff. It's just the way I hear my music when I do it. So I could add layers for the rest of my life on this stuff, you know? Um, but now that I have a different career happening that is also fulfilling, uh, that desire to have a positive impact on people, uh, and that album isn't going to decide the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Now I'm just ready to put it out there because I want it out there, you know? Uh, but man, the weight that I put on my art for so long is unfair to, to my art. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's unfair to me to not be able to just finish this thing and move on. Chris Williamson talks a lot about, uh, and I can't remember who it is that he interviewed that this came from, but the amount of energy it takes you to get from zero to 90% on a project mm. is the same amount of energy it takes you to get from 90% to a hundred. Damn. And that the best way, the best use of your energy is to stop and use that last 10% energy to do 90% of the next thing and just iterate and iterate and iterate and get better with each one mm. as opposed to perfecting that first project. You know what I mean? And that's been a really hard lesson for me to learn. And now I've, I feel like I've taken that in and I'm in a position where I can't do the work. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, but I I will be able to, you know what I mean? Uh, But it's, it's just interesting with a little distance in time, you know, looking back on things, how, um, flawed my, my mindset was about a lot of things. Yeah. I, I, am with you and I I some of the albums over the years have put out whether they're perfect or not but like I you have put them out man that's but that's I have the impressive so thing, much you know? like other material that I never released mm-hmm. that like I I I feel a sense of guilt because like I think of it like a few years ago just playing all those shows in town and people being like when are you going to put out this song? When are you going to put out that song? And me being like yeah soon like it's going to come out on the next thing and just yeah. not doing it and I feel like there's times where I feel like, I, oh man, I took like those people's attention and interest for granted in some small way because totally. they they were eager to connect with me over that song. They wanted that song to be a part of their life, and I kind of like denied them that, that at the right time. I totally you know? understand that. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I can really relate to that because, yeah. um, and that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it in that way until you just said it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But as you say that, I totally agree. I mean, there's the people who were asking for my music for years and years they wouldn't have noticed the difference in yeah. the extra time I wanted to put in to these things. You know what I mean? Like it, I could definitely have recorded it as well as they heard me play it out. It, you know what I mean? And that's what they wanted to hear, you know? Yeah. And, um, and there's time in the future. If I want to do some really produced version of something, I exactly. can re-release it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just crazy how, what time will do. I also, over the years, I had some family and friends a couple times offer, like, you should try and sell some of your songs. You know what I mean? Like, you could, you know, you have good songs. You should tr- see if you can sell some of them. And my answer was always like, no, they're p- too personal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's too much. You know what I mean? It's, it's me, you know? And now looking back, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's why just because you sell it doesn't mean you can't play it. Yeah. Just because, you know what I mean? Like it's, if other people would appreciate the art, then get it to as many people as would appreciate it. Might as well. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know. I also like, but yeah, and there was a, I don't know. It's just interesting to, to analyze kind of what your mindset 
has been in the past. Absolutely. Like, uh, I remember when I first started playing guitar, I, you know, and I told you, I like, I was writing poetry. I just wanted to write songs and be able to play them for people. You know what I mean? I was after work, I worked at Chick-fil-A when I was in high school and after work I'd sit out there and we'd smoke cigarettes and play guitar and you know, it, it was cool times. You yeah. Know? But uh, <laughs> I remember one time somebody saying, man, I think you'd make a really good bass player. Mm. And I was so offended. Huh? You know what I mean? Like I was so offended because I wanted to play guitar and sing songs. You know what I mean? I think I would have made a really good bass player. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good rhythm guitar player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I think, I would have done really well with bass. Well, you know identities. I mean? Identities it, are so crazy. Fragile, you know what I mean? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, there have been all kinds of things. A, a girlfriend back in the day, one time she's, she was like, I think you'd look really good if you put some muscle on your frame. I was so offended. <laughs> you know what I mean? She was damn right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I've now done it. And yeah, yeah, she was right. I really wish I had started at 22. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> and so it, it's just crazy. The, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't know. With some time behind you, it's just interesting to see what you, how you thought and what, yeah. where that could have led if you had just been more open, you well, know? Fortunately, we get wiser. For sure. Know? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because Jesus, oh. yeah, there were some, those memories, you know, that you have that you're just like, you think of it and then you have to like distract yourself from thinking of it because it's too embarrassing <laughs> for sure, to relive. Man. Yeah. I always, I notice that when I um I'll sing randomly, I'll just be like, ah, da, da. Yeah. And that's usually when I'm trying to drown out my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I have a memory and I'll be like, Oh Jesus, no, don't don't <laughs> don't starts. remember that. That was a bad one. Yeah. Oh man. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> it do. <laughs> it do. So so what is um as, uh, what it, what's going to happen with viral blue? Like, why don't you tell? Why don't you talk about what that is? Okay. Cause yeah, yeah. What I was curious about was the digital aspect of what you were doing with it. Absolutely. But then now to hear that you're, it's like tied into the fitness thing. So, what's the vision for so, viral blue? Okay. So the vision is I want to create. Um, pla- it's hard to find the right word. I guess a platform or a community or somewhere in there, right? Where People, I what I'd really like is almost like a separate social media for people who care about improvement. You know what I mean? Like self-improvement, which those things exist out there. Like Chris Williamson has a locals community. Mm. So like you can sign up for the locals community. It's a closed community of people who are fans of the podcast and are interested in those things. You can socialize with people who have similar interests. That's fucking cool. It's really cool. So a lot of podcasters have stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, uh, locals is one, um, rumble was doing stuff like that. Uh, there's another one too, but anyway, so, um, basically I want to share all the whole fitness thing is really about that. I want to share with people that you can put in some effort and improve your life, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's not just physical, that's mental, spiritual, you know, any way that you want to improve, you can. And so uh, the channel was just uh, a way that I want to share some of that information that I've been learning. And also, in a lot of ways, it was a way that I wanted to reach out to to other people. You know, like I'm craving community also. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend a lot of time alone, which I actually really like. Uh, but I also, I don't have a lot of people up in Boone that I that are into these same things. You know what I mean? And so I wanted to create a space to interact with people for that. Oddly enough, 
right as I, so I've created an intro video for that channel at the, uh, I guess, end of September 21. And then as a part of 2021 Sober October, I erased social media from my phone. Yeah. And, uh, and I really enjoyed that. And so then I started posting again, but so after October, I'd get on sometimes, but I had no internet at home at the time. I didn't put the apps back on my phone and I had to tether my iPad to my phone to get on social media. Mm. You know, so it was a lot of friction to, to make that happen. Yeah. So then I, uh, I was still making some videos for viral bloom, uh, but life kind of got busy. I didn't. And then I realized that it had been a chunk of time before I, since I had logged into social media, I don't remember how long, but it was like some significant amount of time. Mm. And, uh, and I actually realized, so the last time I logged into social media was February 24th of 22, which was the day Russia invaded Ukraine. Uh, that the, was the day the, you logged day after out. my birthday. Yeah. Wow. So I got on that day. I didn't know that it happened. I got on to say thanks for the birthday wishes. Then a month or so later, I was like, wait, I haven't been on in a minute, you know? And I, I realized that was the last time I got on and that that was that same date. I was like, that's just... I don't know. That's, mm. If that's what people are talking about online, I don't know that I need it. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm enjoying just not having that as a part of my mental space. Yeah. You know? And so then I thought about the viral bloom thing, and I was like, well, I just started this channel. And I decided in, very intentionally that posting videos on YouTube for that channel were going to occupy the same space in my head as social media because I was going to be caring about if people were interacting and commenting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, so it was, it was a conscious decision of the, the whole intent is to take time out of that headspace. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not be worried about online interactions, you know? So as far as viral bloom goes, I do plan, I have, I've made a few things in the meantime that I do plan to post on there. Um, and I've, I've got like, you know, notes of different videos I want to make and content for that, um, that I need to, just make a plan for executing on. Um, but as far as the channel, I'm hoping to get into, find a rhythm, get into a, a kind of like you've done with the podcast. You've made, you, I assume made sure before you launched it that you were going to be able to maintain some kind of frequency with it. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, at least like, have a plan in mind for keeping I, up with it. Yeah, I knew what I was going to do, and I was going to try to stay ahead of it. And I've I've explored, like I've experimented and learned some things since then. Yeah. Uh, but I knew it was kind of like kind of like the same mission you're talking about. Like, I'm trying to lose weight. It was just like, I'm going to put one out every week. And Ex exactly. I think there's been one or two weeks where that, I think one week, maybe I think, two. I, I think there was only one I noticed yeah. that didn't have a podcast. I think that. that's right. So yeah, that same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't feel right now like I'm in a place that I can commit to being consistent. Mm, and yeah. so I don't want to jump back on it until I find that, which is coming back to me waiting on perfection. But, but I... I don't know. I am planning this, but that's just, I think, an important part of trying to push something out into the world in that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so, um, anyway, I'm I'm working on the consistency. I want to kind of build up a little chunk of stuff to be released and then continue making while I am releasing that stuff. So I have a little bit of a backlog, you yeah. know? Um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. 
in the future, I do want Viral Bloom uh, to be like a website where people can go have a social interaction part of it, have just free fitness and lifestyle information on there, but then also have a, a paywall that would have further information exercises. Uh, if when people are clients, I want to have a, a database of like how to exercises on there. So when I give somebody a fitness plan, they can just click on the, on the exercise and go to a video of explaining form and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so kind of create an ecosystem like that. I have an idea for physical spaces also, um, which, uh, I don't know if I want to go into all of it, but the I would like to create a space where people could go and spend their day. So uh, I'd like to have restaurants. So the ideal situation, which is really crazy, would be to buy an abandoned mall, mm. okay, and then fill it with a music venue, a coffee shop, a re- you know restaurants you know like the food court be um like you could find people who have food trucks and give them a physical location right yeah. but have them include the health information for the food yeah you, you know what i mean um a gym a dance studio you know like physical practices music stuff food and make basically kind of a microcosm of a city mm-hmm. but but focused on uh the arts and health, right? And then you could go spend the whole day there, theoretically. Yeah. You could go to you could go get coffee, go to the gym, go have lunch, check out an art gallery, and then go see a show in the evening. You know what I mean? And so, uh, but kind of all integrated in a way. So, so art is important to health. Mm-hmm. Also, the experience of awe is has been shown to be extremely healthy, right? So for it's, you know, for depression, for just general mental health, um, finding places in life that are experiences where you can experience awe and really just be taken aback by beauty, um, is a very important part of life. You know, I mean, if you think about, we used to just live out in nature, which is, I I think the most infinite source of all we have, (laughs) you know? Um, and so I want to create, uh, a space where, you could seek out th- different ways to make yourself healthier. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know? And so um, I would also like to put in space, like like working spaces too. So there are ways to design a room for, Huberman actually has a thing about this too. But um, so like if you're trying to do really creative work, you should be in a room with a high ceiling, hmm. right? If you're trying to do really nitty gritty you know, kind of work, you should be in a room with a low ceiling. Interesting. It just puts you in a different mental state, right? So Huberman had an episode at some point. I think it was him. I'm pretty sure it was Huberman. But um, about how to design a workspace and that kind of thing. So I'd like to design intentional workspaces within this place too. Mm. Then I also would like to – so that's like the city version. I would also like to have like an out-in-the-country kind of version, which would – which would also include like outdoor training areas and stuff. It'd be cool to have a piece of property where, where people could train for like those mud run type things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or even host those kinds of things. Yeah. And have like 
like a trail to run through the woods, but also like shit to climb on. Like it's something between trail running and American Ninja Warrior. I would like jump the opportunity to try an American Ninja Warrior Me course. Me too. Yeah. That would be so cool. Yeah. You know. Um, so I'd like to build a place like that where um, it that would also be like a retreat center, right? So music. You could have music there. You could have a corporate retreat there. You know, like music festivals, yoga retreats, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, there, I have a bunch of details about all these things written down and, <laughs> you know, uh, we'll, see. You can, we'll see how that goes, you know. But, I feel like you've tapped into something like, like a lot. I think a lot of people actually share grand visions of different kinds mm-hmm. and like. It's it's basically just some people figure out how to get there and some people yeah, don't. Yeah. And I hope that you figure out how I to like it, yeah. continue to pursue that yeah. shit because that sounds the, amazing. Yeah, the real end goal, and this is like, a, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you because this might interest you. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and I, I guess I'll say it on a podcast. You know what I mean? But <laughs> well, why not? Uh, uh, I think that we, and th- this comes up with with Peterson a lot actually too. Um, you know, Nietzsche said God is dead, right? Mm-hmm. We're missing that binding force right between people of like something for people to believe in. Yeah. You know, um, I think that we need a modern version of what church is supposed to be. Right. And that's kind of what I want to create. So I'd like to, uh, have like philosophical speakers, religious speakers come in to that kind of, to that space, you know, uh, have it be a space where people can come and do have discussions of, you know, philosophy and just better ways of living. Um, and also do like Sunday morning, non religious specific worship, you know, just like getting together to experience you having experienced worship. I think you probably have an idea of what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And it's, it doesn't have to be about a certain religion, but people coming together to, to just be and experience something beautiful together, you know? And, um, so I, I, that's really what I, that's the real lofty nebulous goal of all of it is finding a space, creating a space for people to come together. And I, I want to call it a, a a modern traditions community, right? Hmm. So it'd be taking modern science and research and that kind of thing along with traditional, uh, practices and combining what makes sense to, uh, to help people live better. Not that you're asking. I think that's your starting point though. If I was betting, if I was guessing, yeah, I think that would be your starting point. I think that could be, that sounds like a brand uh, that you could build and something I think would be really useful. I mean, I I really, really think that that space of community of like communal, sort of relation on that level exactly. of, of like kind of what you were talking about earlier, like belief, but not belief in the way, like it's hard now to sell something that's like, that's like belief, like what Christians have, you know, like belief in belief in a deity that, you know, the code to, you yeah. know, like, yeah. Oh, I know the code to God. Yeah. Um, to me, that's a really hard sell appropriately. I think like the skepticism that's been born of the internet is somewhat appropriate and, mm-hmm. and really interesting, but it has been 
gravely dangerous for a lot of people in terms of what like what they what they lack belief in. They lack belief in everything. Absolutely. You yeah. know, so I think something like that, if you find the right wording, like modern traditions is such a beautiful phrase. Thank you. Um, yeah. I think there's something really there, man. I really appreciate that. I do too. I mean yeah. I really do. I'm I'm it's it seems so big. I don't talk about it with people much. Yeah. You know what I mean? As far as like the real, that real grand vision for it, you know, but I think that we need it as a society and that like, I want to, the whole modern traditions community, um, you know, an MTC, if you were going to like talk like a church or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, viral bloom MTC, right. But it'd be, I want to create a model for that and not patent it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I want to, cre- I hope that, if that works out, there are copycats all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I want a place like that to exist so I can go to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? A place where like, I know the people who are showing up care about just doing better in some way and that it's a space to share those practices and ideas. You know what I mean? Like, um, I want a place that I can go like work out in the morning get in a sauna and a cold plunge, you know, and then like go listen to a talk from a philosopher, you know what I mean? Or a religious leader yeah. and then sit with some people and talk about it afterwards. And then like go down the hall to a show and hear somebody play music and experience awe. Yeah. It, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's like, like all of, we know that awe is important. We know that re- exercise is important. We know that sauna and cold plunge are, are really good for you. Um, we know that, uh, you know, speaking to each other, talking through ideas is super beneficial, Mm -hmm. like just creating a space that's conducive to all of those things. Um, yeah, I think could just be really helpful to the state of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so yeah, that's my, like my, my mission. What's your take on, like, I feel as though, and maybe you're tapping into this too. It seems obvious that we've, we've gone through something, some kind of shift where, it's being revealed to us that that um, the, we're missing those traditions. We're missing For God. Sure. We're missing all these Absolutely. things. Absolutely, yeah. How do you exp- – what's your interpretation of that, best I, you can tell? I think it's it, – to me, it seems like the a similar swing to what you went through. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, it, when you find out – it's like a, when you find out Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah. And you get all pissed off. So, mm. that, so that, that happened to my little brother two years in a row. Really? Okay. <laughs> so this is great. So one year he finds, he's probably like eight or nine or something, you know, he finds out Santa's not real, freaks out, you know, I guess it was so traumatic. He blocked it out because the next year we're like at my grandparents downstairs wrapping presents and one of, you know, me, me or my mom or somebody is like, all right, this one's from Santa to Lexi or whatever. You know what I mean? We're writing tags and he's like, wait, what? We're like, this one's from Santa. And he's like, what do you mean? And he like freaks out all over again. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Learning that twice had to suck. Um, but it's, but it's uh, <laughs> when you, uh, I think when you find out that something isn't, when one finds out that something isn't exactly what they thought it was, it's easy to just reject it wholesale, yeah. you know, where, and I think that now we're realizing like there are positive, there are benefits to to some of these traditions, you know, and that they were there for a reason, you know, uh, I was actually talking to my dad this morning though, about how I think a lot of people take, um, will take traditions and just keep doing them without knowing why. And I don't think that that is helpful. 
right? So rituals that existed in religious traditions and things were usually to like focus you on something, right? So uh, in the Hare Krishna tradition, which is uh, an offshoot of Hinduism, they uh, they chant certain chants a lot. And a lot of times people will chant and like while they're cooking. And that's a really common thing to try and focus. And the, the point is to focus on, on God or focus on, on gratitude and put that energy into the food and mm-hmm. be appreciative of the food and, and just make that a sacred thing where if you were just, if you didn't know why you were doing it and you just knew you're supposed to chant while you cook, you could just mindly do that while thinking thinking about anything. You know, what I mean? the point is to keep your mind focused on gratitude. Yes. You know? uh, same with like Catholic church services; they'll up down. You know, some people go to mass in Latin and don't even know what's going on. You know what I mean? And they think that going through these motions is the point, but the point of the motions was to to direct the mind at a concept. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so. Uh, so I think that what's happened is people have rejected all these traditions, but then they realize like they don't even they don't have the connection back to the things that those things were trying to point to. Yeah, you know, and even if you didn't understand them when you were participating in them, I feel like there is something to that. There's at least community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And but like, um, so I, I just think that those things were in place for a reason, and that we need to find what the important parts were and reincorporate them. Like faith, for instance. Faith, I think, is essential, especially for something like a, a fitness journey, right? Um, I I would run. When you're running, you don't, like, just see the weight fall off. You're right. running or lifting weights expecting a change to happen later, and you have faith that what you're doing now is going to result in something afterwards. Yeah. I think it's it's kind of sad that the word faith has been so co-opted by religion. Or I mean, it belongs there, but like people don't, people associate it with only religion, mm-hmm. where I think it's important to, it, faith is an important concept. You know what I mean? We have faith the sun will come up tomorrow. We have faith that our friends are going to be there for us. We have faith in a lot of things in life that... Um, and that's an important thing to be able to choose to have faith sometimes, like yeah. with exercise. You know, I actually had a, this is kind of related, but when I was running, when I first started running, there were times that I was like, God, I just, I don't know if I can keep doing this. You know what I mean? Like I'd want to stop. And I had a few, I called them Jesus take my feet moments. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, all right. My mind says that I'm done, but I know that my body can take another step. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to let go and let one foot fall in front of the other and just, I'm just going to let go. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not going to, I'm going to let it happen, you know, and I'd keep going, you know, and it was, but it took a lot of faith in just in my body in that instance yeah. to, that like, all right, like I haven't fallen over. You know what I mean? Like my foot can obviously move in front of me and I can land on it and then do the next one. And so I have faith that my body was made to do this. You know what I mean? And so, uh, but yeah, I I think, you know, faith as an example, just we've, we've lost some of these concepts that were really important to keep in mind. And that a lot of these traditions were made to keep people on a, keep certain concepts in society. And we've let go of, those touchstones, you know. Side note. Yeah. You remind me of a memory that I think of about once a month. Mm-hmm. We were in chapel. We were walking back from chapel when I was in high school. Yeah. 
Uh, we had chapel every Wednesday, you know, mm. as part of a Christian school system. Yeah. I, my friend Jeremiah was walking and he had a he had trash in his hand from mm-hmm. like a piece of candy. And for some reason, he held it up in the wind and said, Jesus, take this trash. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and I think about that like once That's a month. That's awesome. Jesus, take this trash. Jesus, take this trash. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're exactly right. Um, one thing I will say about myself, not as a point of credit, but I think I, I feel a real kinship with Jonathan Green in this way. I took my departure from religion super seriously. Like I tried to take it to its logical end. Mm. And like, I think some people don't realize that what they're doing with the culture is replacing those forms of community with these other like bastardized version, bastardized, bastardized versions of it. (laughs) Like, I think that's a little bit of what's happening with, um, with TikTok and with this sort of, culture of phenomenon that people are participating in the appearance of mental illness and different shit like that. Yeah. Like that to me is sort of the fucked up bastardized version of people compensating for their lack of faith, their lack of community, their lack of religion, all this shit. Yeah. Because they're like, they see that it's like the same thing. It's just wrong. It's, it's a dishonest form of, taking on a group identity, like embodying it, representing it publicly, and then like being rewarded for it. It's just the most fucked up version of that you can imagine. For sure. Yeah. I, uh, so my, I had a, you know, a journey with religion. My grandfather was a pastor of like a, like an over a thousand person church, Mm. a a large church in uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. And so I grew up going to that church, obviously. And we went every Sunday. It wasn't like, my parents have never been like super religious, but like my dad's dad was a pastor. My mom's dad was a deacon. You know what I mean? It was, we went to church on Sundays. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, then we moved to South Carolina and they found a church. They'd make me go. But then I, I got kind of into it. You know, I'd started playing in the praise band and going to youth group and was, you know, pretty, I was in there. You know what I mean? Like the kids I hung out with at school were my youth group friends, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, church was like my social group for sure. And so, uh, then I started dating this girl and uh, like my high school sweetheart or whatever. And there was a point where we both could tell that uh, we needed to talk about something, you know? And she was also very involved in her youth group at a separate church. Mm. We were both, you know, church kids, you know? And, uh, and at this time I'm training for a, a, a mission trip to Nicaragua and to do, you know, some mission work down there, building some stuff and everything. And she and I sit down and we're both like, I got to tell you something. And we both were nervous to tell each other that we had lost our faith. And uh, huh. it was just when I would pray, I didn't know who I was talking to. You know what I mean? It was just like, I just didn't, I don't know. Everything just felt hollow, you know, as far as all that went. And uh, I, I was still playing with the praise band and... uh and, you know, getting ready to go on this mission trip. But that was really, that was actually really helpful to know she was going through the same thing at the same time. Each We were most terrified to tell each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, so then I felt pretty good. You know what I mean? About, I, I, I was in a good place, you know, but I still wanted to go to Nicaragua. I'm bilingual in Spanish. I, you know what I mean? I, I still want to go help people. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't against 
going to help build stuff yeah. in the jungle or whatever. But then on that mission trip, uh, one night I got asked to lead prayer and I, because I respected everybody, I told them that I had lost my faith and that I didn't feel Whoa. comfortable leading prayer Holy you know, shit. Like in Nicaragua on a mission trip, you know? So it, that was really intense. You know what I mean? And that was, uh, I got a lot of shit for it. You know what I mean? Like everybody hated me kind of, you know? Holy shit. Uh, because I'm on this mission trip with them and have admitted that I'm not a Christian. And, you know? What uh, denomination was this? Uh, this was Methodist. Dude, what did they say to you? Uh, I mean, some people just didn't really talk to me the rest of the trip. Uh, and then, I mean, other people were just like, I mean, there were one or two people who were like, that was brave of you to admit, you know what I mean? And all this stuff, you know? And, it, and I didn't think about the consequences when I said it. You know what I mean? Like I had, I had not been telling them that because I didn't want to bring it up, but it was so, I felt like it would have been disrespectful to them for me to fake it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I'm with you. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I told them because I took their thing seriously. You, you know what I mean? And so, um, anyway, it was weird. I got, you know, it, it was kind of weird, but we finished up the trip. That was kind of later in the trip anyway, you know? Um, but I lost like, my best friends basically at the time, you know what I mean? Like all my friends were my church friends. And then, I mean, I stopped going and I, we didn't hang out at school anymore. And, um, but so then I had told my parents and they got, they weren't happy about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but right around then my grandparents had come to visit my grandpa, who's a pastor and, or he was a pastor and he took me out to eat. We went to Moe's got burritos and, uh, and, he said, I, th I questioned my faith. If you don't question your faith, it's not real. He said, I think you'll be back, but you got to do what you got to do. Mm. He was the coolest about it out of everybody in my family. And that really helped me. You know, that made me never have, I mean, I, 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 I thought atheistic, you know, sacrilegious humor was funnier for a long time. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have that swing, you know, but him being the most understanding out of everybody in my life, really, you know what I mean? Who, whose opinion I was, I mean, other than my girlfriend at the time, but like out of all my family, he, and all my church family, the person I respected the most as a religious figure in my life was the most understanding. And yeah. that I think kept me from getting angry you know what I mean? It kept me from being an angry atheist because, uh, and, and he was kind of right. I mean, I, I have regained some kind of faith. I mean, I would consider myself a Christian, but Christians wouldn't consider me a Christian. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like I, I'm into the teachings of Jesus. That's it, funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't like claim to be a Christian because cr people who do generally wouldn't agree with that, yeah. but I'm all about what Jesus had to say. Like that's, Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was all the, the lessons that he was trying to teach, I think are positive things. You yeah. know what I mean? And, but I also think that other religious traditions have just as much to offer. You know what I mean? And that, um, yeah. Anyway, I also, if you were going to talk about what most Christians think are heaven is heaven, I do think that there's a place beyond here, but I don't think it's like the end. And I think there's more work, work to be done from there growing as a soul or whatever. Um, Anyway, there's a lot of differences think, in that, yeah. but, but yeah, so I, I, uh, then I had a friend who introduced me to 
uh, a lot more Eastern philosophy. Yeah. And so I, I lean heavy that direction now. I, ju- I just really connect with, um, with Indian type philosophy. You know, that story was cool. Uh, I appreciate you. you sharing that. And like, it's such a big deal. Like uh, it's, it's crazy. It seems as though that's part of the, and maybe that is in some weird modern way. Maybe that's part of the, the ritual of becoming a man, you know, yeah. kind of like, cause what, that's kind of what I did. Like I, de- I understood the familial expectation of what my identity was confined to. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I said, I publicly said no to yeah. that. I yeah, publicly absolutely. said, I reject that identity. Yeah. And it, to me, it mattered to share that with the public and with my family, like to be, to be outward, not the public as if I have some kind of huge platform. No, but, but the, peop- the people, the like people, I in my with life. The, yeah. Exactly. People on the trip. Like I was going to tell them when we got back, yeah, they they forced my hand. Yeah, like <laughs> you know to I mean? not hide yeah. it and to at least be able to say in front of other people, like I this is me. Yeah, okay, like better or worse, this yeah, is me. This is how I and feel. take that yeah. that risk of what like it it might hurt you to do that, but um, th- to me that that was important and that was frankly you hit the nail on the head. Like that was a part of the reason that it came with anger was that I felt as though my group, my in group, my fucking group of not just family but like southerners and men and all this stuff just kind of summarized me as not only had they at one not only did i feel like at one point they summarized me as like a dreadlock hippie that like was was looked like a drug paraphernalia type guy yeah but um then they rejected me as like a non-christian and i that that did it 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 bred anger for me because i was like Oh, you want to do that? Like, you want to tell me that I'm going to be guilted into being the person you want me to be? Yeah. Then I'm going to, like, go even harder on this. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, how how would that not... I mean, how could you not be hurt by that? In the sense that, like, all these people who have said that they care about you then show that they don't if you don't agree with them. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, and that's that's rough, man. That's I mean, I've... That's what I experienced with my church friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I was so lucky that my grandpa was in town right around when all that was going down. Mm. I mean, I, yeah, I, I miss him so much. When I found, when he was right, you know, that I'd, it's kind of crazy. So like, now I want to talk about all this stuff with people. I want to like, and I want to, so that he and my grandma used to say that I was going to be a preacher. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, yeah. they, they would be like, you're going to be a preacher. I'd be like, yeah, right. You know? And then like, I write, spiritual songs you know what i mean and i like i do want to like share a message with people about better living and stuff it's really interesting how even if they wouldn't have called it like it called what i am now that they were right you know what i mean in the way i understand it they were absolutely right you know what i mean but what they were seeing something in me that's that's real Mm -hmm. You, you know what i mean and um yeah, my, my grandfather, my dad and I talk about this sometimes, but he was a really special person. Like, I feel so honored to be related to him. Uh, and, and some of what he had that was special is definitely in my dad and is definitely in me. Mm. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, and I mean, that probably sounds kind of arrogant, but it's humbling. You know what I mean? Like, however it sounds on the outside, on the inside, it is humbling. You yeah, know what I mean? it's like a burden in a way. It, it, it exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a lot like that. And um, anyway, it, he's, 
it, it makes me want to strive for greatness because I believe he was great, you know, and I, and he really, I already thought that, but he really showed me that in the way he handled that situation. He could have been the most upset yeah. out of everybody easily. You know what I mean? Um, and for him to be the person who understood just that realm the most and had the most empathy, you know what I mean? Was really eye opening to me. Like that's what a Christian is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're living, if you're really living that life, that's what, that's what he did. You know what I mean? And, uh, and that was, that really saved me from the anger. You know what I mean? Like every, especially because like of his position, you know, in, yeah, like he was involved in the national seminary. Like he was in the room when a group of pastors went to George W. Bush and said, don't go to Iraq. <laughs> like, Dang, you know what I mean? Jesus yeah, like, Christ. yeah, uh, yeah. It's like, anyway, so he was just like a really cool dude. You know what I mean? And so he, uh, anyway, he's just, I, I feel honored. And he was the example that I needed of that it's not just hateful people. You know what I mean? It's not there is something real to be had from that tradition yeah. that can make you a great person. You know what I mean? And, uh, and yeah, that, that really, I think saved me from some harder times, yeah. you know, some darker times, you know? Um, so that's but, yeah. beautiful, man. Yeah. Um, man. such an interesting, such an interesting twist of events there. Like, uh, for sure, man. So interesting. I, and I, hmm. those are dark waters to venture through, you know, the, uh, they are, yeah. but, it's so necessary. And I know guys that I went to school with and they like when I was, when I was writing about atheism a lot and being kind of outspoken, I had a couple people from my high school reach out to me and be like, I see what you're doing. Like, I like it. I, I relate to like, they kind of like, they expressed appreciation. Like I admire that you're being outward because like, I don't feel like I can be like, I feel like my family wouldn't keep me in the family or whatever, you know? And, I wanted to voice things on their behalf and I wanted to make myself honestly in my head. Sometimes I was like, okay, I'm this musician who people like my music sometimes. And what I'm going to do is kind of force myself in a position and them in a position where it's like, if you like my music, you're going to, you might have to do it despite wondering if you accept me as an atheist or not. Absolutely. It was like a project. So that's part of, Okay, so first of all, I have a beard and dreads yeah, because of laziness in a lot of ways. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, there were dreads forming in my long hair and it was dreaded up or cut it off kind of a situation. That was how mine yeah, happened yeah, too. You know, like yeah. my, I, I don't have stuff in my cheeks. I don't shave that. That's just how my beard grows. Really? Yeah, this wow. is just how it grows. You That's know what amazing. I mean? Like this is just the way it is. You know what I mean? Uh, but I also have maintained this look and like the stretched earlobes and that kind of thing partially to as a filter right i if you're gonna judge me on that i don't have time for you yeah you know what i mean like i don't i don't need to spend my time on people like that in my life people do judge me and the people and i've had people say you know what i mean that after they talk to me it's a whole different thing Mm. You, you know what i mean and and that's always true if somebody will just talk to me that that's they'll see something different than what they may see you know what i mean yeah. and and uh and if they don't want to talk to me then they're they're missing out you know what i mean like and and so um so anyway i i get that with like what you were saying about your music and just like you may have to get past something and, it, and to me like 
yeah, like I, I, I want a filter on who I'm going to interact with yeah. and who's going to be a part of my life. You know, um, I think it's really, yeah, I, I just think it's important to, yeah, people who are going to be that close minded. I just don't need to give my time to. You don't yeah, owe it. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, exactly. You and have it's no um, responsibility to do that. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's interesting though. It's uh, I, I have a story I kind of want to tell, but I don't know if I want to tell it on the <laughs> it's, on the podcast. Well, um, it's up to you. Uh, I might just tell you after okay, the podcast. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of after, I feel this breeze. I kind of want to take a walk. If you've got time oh, to I would take a that. walk. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I, this has been one of the better conversations that I've had in a long time. Me too. I would yeah. love it if we would do, like next time you're in town, please stop by again. Okay, and let's, I would uh, love do that. this some more. Please, yeah. Uh, it's been a, a true joy to just like kind of hear. I don't know the, all the shit you've been exposing yourself to, and just like the level <laughs> Thanks, of man. focus that you've given to all these subjects. Like it's awesome, man. It's like, I appreciate it's that. Fucking man. cool to see. Well, I feel the same way about you, man. Like it's what you've done with this podcast is awesome. Like you've been so consistent about. I mean, I know you took some time off, but like you've been putting out art into the world for a long time. And I know you've got other projects with, you know, doing music shows and everything. That's right before COVID. I was starting a business to do uh, events and that kind of thing. And oh, so I, I'm still playing. It was a weird time to be doing that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it really nipped it right in the bud. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, but I still have some a group of people that are down to do that. And, you know, Hell so yeah. I'm still uh, I'm going to try and put some energy on that when I have more, you know, um, right now it's still kind of education time with, with, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm trying to build a career. So, uh, but that's, uh, I'm just, I'm proud of you, man. It's, we've known each other a long time and yeah. you're, you're doing cool stuff, man. You so, are too, man. Thanks. So let's keep, let's it. both keep doing cool shit. Let's do it. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. <laughs> All right. Let's go on a walk. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs>